0: A playlist original.
1: All right, hello everyone, and welcome to episode ninety one of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gis and Jackson. How's it
0: going, buddy? It's going wonderfully. I cannot believe we're on episode ninety one already. We are slowly but surely right. getting closer towards the next milestone, and I'm loving it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I it seemed like this was going to be further away, and then I was like, "Well, look at our schedule. We've been like cranking out like yeah episodes like pretty like aggressively." But what's funny? Yeah, what's funny though is that when I was talking the playlist last week when we had our meeting, they were like, "We love that there's just so much content." So they're not they're not upset about it. They're like, "Yo, this is great. You get us you get it to us in a timely fashion. You let us know like what needs to be edited and where, and that's all we really need. Like you just keep creating." Good stuff for your show so they're very proud of the show uh, uh in general so but yeah we've been we've been plowing through these things like we're really really yes, fast giving the <laughs> listeners
0: lots to tune in check out which is awesome but yeah no i love we got another episode that we will be recording after this one and i cannot wait to chat about that one either it's just been been a great last couple months you know talking about movies and stuff and you know things are going great and i'm loving it
1: yep and so like we um we're, we're still figuring out what we're exactly gonna do i think one idea since Owen's going to be on that episode with us since right. he is, since he is Owen's opinions on Instagram, I think I'm going to grab like two or three or some of our like bigger stories that we covered and kind of get his take okay. on one of those. Cause he, you know, he doesn't really sit in with us. Usually I, I know the Harry Potter TV series thing might be a really good one. Cause he's a, he's a Harry Potter fan. He likes the movies. So I'd be Sweet. curious to kind of hear like what his thoughts are on that. I actually heard a lot more feedback on that. More people okay. hoping that that were more people were hoping that I'd be a little bit more like upset by the notion that they're doing it so fast and like I because I said I was intrigued by the idea. I still right. don't think it's necessary, guys. I'm just like intrigued.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I very much like. I think I was picking up what you were putting down when we were talking about that. Was this yeah. the last week or the week before? I'm honestly kind of like it doesn't even. We
1: did the last two weeks because like at first it was just like a rumor, and then they in the next week yes. they confirmed that they were going right. to do it on Max.
0: Yeah, I didn't get the impression that you were like over the moon about it either. But I can't can't lie either. I honestly feel like the approach that they are thinking about taking with the whole one season per book is is intriguing, but agreed. It yeah. doesn't really need to be made. But if they're gonna do it, that is an interesting way to do it. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's been a hot topic for sure for the last couple of weeks. But uh and we got another another Some similar story. Yeah, similar story we'll get to it in a few minutes, but <laughs> minute. it's
1: I'm not mad about it in the sense of like oh don't ruin something that's so good i was like <laughs> i'm just like i'm just yeah. like why whatever
0: that's a, that's ma- a good it point makes, yeah. it
1: makes sense when we get to it you'll be like okay yeah that makes sense but yes yeah i i didn't feel it in a kind of way that i did with the harry potter stuff When i was like well it's, i mean it's already great like why mess with it this it, exactly. this thing it's is far not far from great it's far from great and boy did i give that particular franchise a chance like i will i saw every single <laughs> one of them like thinking they were going to get better and i was okay. fooled every single time that they're just not good <laughs> they're I, yeah they're awful you'll know what yeah. we're talking
0: about we'll come back yes. this we'll bookmark this for a few more minutes so people know what we're talking about if they <laughs> haven't already but we got we got uh, on that note of the last couple of weeks we got some catching up to do we had a really busy couple of news weeks, so we just breezed right through into that stuff but uh Tell me a little bit about what you've been up to the last uh, week. What have you got in? Anything significant stand out to you? Anything you wanted to chat about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Jack said, we had two very busy news weeks, which is why we skipped the whole like, hey, let's be friends and like talk about what we did this weekend. So we skipped all of that <laughs> <laughs> the last two weeks. But yeah, I'm trying to th- well, you know, I'll, I'll start with the most recent one. I did see, I saw Evil Dead Rise on Thursday with, with my brother.
0: Nice. You know, what's, what's tell funny tell about us your thoughts that? on that.
1: It's really good. What's funny about seeing scary movies now with my little brother is that when he was younger, he couldn't watch them at all. Like if I was watching one in the room and he happened to walk in, he would run right out. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I still
0: have buddies that are like that to this day.
1: So it's been cool like in the last few years so like he's gotten used to them and they're just like, all right, you know, I can watch them. He still kind of watched this one, like hoodie kind of like up still, a little hey, bit. Still, hey,
0: if he's not a huge horror guy, I'm impressed for him for making it into the theater. Cause this is by all accounts, looks horrifying so you know absolutely your brother
1: so like it was one movie that i think i I didn't find scary and like you know makes me jump kind of way scary sense but it left me kind of uneasy like there's some stuff stuff that you see in it i mean it's i mean i thought like the 2013 film was pretty gory there's some gory stuff in this one too where i was like oh wow they really go in there and there's so much like imagery that like sticks with you and that's okay. why I think that like, you know, usually like with horror movies, yeah, usually with horror movies, I don't like gore for the sake of having gore, but this was done in a way that feels weird to say, but almost felt like art. <laughs> it really feels like adds to like what, what's going on in the movie. Uh I, Alyssa Sutherland, who plays the mom who gets possessed, she, everyone's good. Everyone's good in the movie, but she was like my MVP. Out, yeah, she, she, I started following her on Instagram and Twitter after the movie came out, and you could tell that she really enjoys doing stuff like this. She had a lot of fun doing it, and she was 100% uh, committed, and it's co- it's good, too, because even though the movie's fairly short, they did a good job of setting up the relationship between the two sisters and, like, building kind of like a, you know, a rapport between them, and also showing that like their relationship is a little strained because like mm-hmm. the one sister who's like the main character you know she she's hanging out with like a, a rock band and they basically call her like a groupie for most of the movie and okay. you can tell that that's that that's created distance between her and her sister but she all but she also loves her sister's kids so there's also that element right. to you and then like and of course the mom loves her kids as well which makes you know what mm-hmm. happens even more like you care a lot more because you know this you've built like it's not even that long maybe like. 10, 15 minutes of setup where you have to like, you know, get to know them, but they, mm-hmm. the writing, the writing does a good job of like establishing, their, establishing their relationship and the actors did a good job selling it. So when selling, things okay. yeah. So when things do go awry, you really do care <laughs> that, and you know, like we've seen this countless times with these movies, like Evil Dead doesn't really give you like all, you know, you don't really get like a happy resolution sometimes. <laughs> when you no. one. So right. it like goes there. I thought it did a really good job of paying homage to uh, even like the original movie. There's like some- That's little, what I'm most excited for. Which is cool. And the changes setting was also a welcome change. It was really, I mean, they, they actually make things feel very claustrophobic in this like high-rise apartment. And they do a good job of setting up how they're stuck there. They're like, okay. I thought, I won't tell you what it is, so you'll you'll see it, but like- it Right. Make, Cause I was like, well, they have to make some reason as to why they might be like, won't be able to easily get out. And right. they did a good job. Uh, setting that up too but yeah i thought it was i think you're gonna like it i love that it was like a breezy 90 something minutes it wasn't too long
0: well, it works i love it, everything about this movie on paper
1: yeah and like you know i'm gonna read some of you guys box office predictions but we were i was very close it actually did a lot better than they thought i think the original estimate was like 23 million and they ended up making like 24.5 million this weekend which is a little less than what the remake opened to but it also had a bigger international rollout than the remake did. Actually okay. made made $40.1 million globally. And this is a $19 million budget movie that was originally gonna to go to HBO Max. So I think if you kind of heard that story, Bruce Campbell said that Sam Raimi is like basically developing this like Evil Dead, almost like Bible where you, he can have like a new movie every free, few years. So I think these early box office returns, we're probably going to get a few more it's of these. Looking
0: good for that, okay.
1: And and also, if I mean, I get the, I mean, maybe there is a need to change directors and stuff just to kind of get like a different style. But Lee Cronin did a really good job directing this. It's very, you know, for something that was made for 19 million dollars, very stylish looking horror film. It, you feel every ounce of like atmosphere in it, and like okay. the kind of world that he's creating. I thought it was really good. It seemed like most people in our theater really enjoyed it. Were, there was a lot of wincing. There's some moments where I was oh, like, oh, I, could, I almost couldn't look at the screen. There's like a God, moment with a cheese grater that I was like, no, I will never look at a cheese grater.
0: Yes, I, I saw a cheese grater photo on some social media with no context, but like related <laughs> to the Evil Dead. I was in some, it might have even been a you for all I know. Something about I'll never be able to look at this the same yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: I, post, so, I posted one. Yeah, it
0: was you. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can't wait to see what that is all about. I, I have some horrific guesses in my mind, but as of recording, I'll be seeing this tomorrow night at seven fifteen, and i will message you directly after let you know what i think i cannot wait i can't wait to be grossed out and freaked out and just to be back in the evil dead sort of universe again because yeah. i really hold that franchise dearly so i'm uh, glad that um that lee cronin at least seems like he at least kept up to fede alvarez yeah. in terms of like his interpretation so it seems like yeah. they've been getting good creatives on board to continue this legacy which i mean love to hear that
1: yeah you know what's crazy too is that I guess in the US, the original Evil Dead, the Evil Dead grossed like 2.4 million dollars in the US. This movie in its Thursday night preview grossed 2.5 million dollars. And I was like, wow. that it already outgrossed the, the original movie, its entire run in one preview night, which right. I thought was pretty interesting. That shows how far that franchise has come. Like how far like you yes. know, like the Evil Dead movies were and up until the remake in this one weren't huge money earners at all i mean they were right relative relative to budget like the first two of course made money back because like they were so cheap to make right. army of dark army of darkness was a notorious flop but i mean that was because i mean sam Ramy went full sam Ramy and made it a comedy mm-hmm. i you know a lot of people i saw on twitter that one guy was saying like i'm so tired of seeing army of darkness at the bottom of everyone's evil dead rankings and some people were saying you know what it's not like we think it's bad i just think that we prefer the more like Horror centric movies rather than right. what they did with Army of Darkness, which just went full comedy. Which is why I think people like the second one so much. I, I saw that like when I put the poll up on Back to the Blockbuster and G Rules, Evil Dead Two got like majority of votes as like their favorite one. And I guess it, it, it really I guess it does kind of blend the best of both worlds it, where it's, it's like, like a meeting between movie.
0: the first and Army of Darkness. Right? Dark,
1: yeah, yeah. So you know I can see why people like that. It's not I personally like Evil Dead more than the second one but um i also don't think there has been a bad one like i don't like love army of darkness because it's not really my my jam but i don't think it's bad it's just like i prefer what they did with the other movies
0: yeah i'm thinking i should not like there's a movie to watch before this new one it would i'm sure it would be the 2013 reboot but i've seen it so many times that i just don't feel i don't have that urge to go back to it because i literally i think i just watched it last in october but I've only seen Army of Darkness once, so I'm wondering if, like, maybe I should probably get that in tonight after we're recording, just to kind of get myself back in the mood. But it's not going to be anything, I don't think, like, like tonally or stylistically similar to, the like, this yeah. new one. I wouldn't expect, yeah. but still. Still yep. being back in Evil Deads, but, yeah.
1: Well, it's good to see that the franchise, you know, again, looking at a movie, this is, like, the fifth one now that they've done yep. in this franchise. And,
0: and, in the show.
1: Yeah, in the show, like all these like horror franchises when you talk about this one with scream also like oh, they're all making yep. like all this money and they're like five six movies in <laughs> usually i know like, back in the day that used to be like a you used to not look too fondly especially horror movies when it's like you know friday the 13th like six or seven they're like oh no <laughs> like i mean i right. i have a special place in my heart for a lot of those sequels that you know agree late the later ones but you know i think by the time you we were getting to those numbers most people were like oh this has gone far enough why are gone. they still making yeah. them now the reverse has happened like it was crazy like i feel like it's not really a stigma so much anymore that like oh you're on like your sixth one
0: because it's just been done so much more frequently these days like yeah. to your point a little bit like we are living in a time where so many older properties are being brought into this contemporary landscape and some are crashing and burning horribly and some are being updated and taken in a completely just weird direction so it's yeah. nice to see like a couple of these properties standing out still yeah. resonating with audiences in today's age and making money it's it's nice to see i got a you know special heart for a special place in my heart for these ones like scream and evil dead that are still resonating with audiences all these years later because it just goes to show how good the, these originals really were yeah and i mean i'll even throw in like you know i know people feel some kind of way about the, the david
1: gordon green halloween trilogy but i mean i even appreciate that coming back and making money and like kept that franchise like or made it viable again like to the point where like yeah. all right these can these can still make money you know i you know like it still sucks to me that the last like nightmare on elm Street we got was that remake and mm. and you know it i miss freddy krueger on the big screen i don't think we're ever going to get robert england back because he's always said that he's too he said he's too old to do it and like you know like he he's kind of put that to bed i think with how freddy versus jason was the last one he, i think that he was a part mm. of uh and then i you know of course i hope when they with all the legal Friday the Thirteenth stuffs figured out. I don't mind seeing Jason back on the big screen either. If like that should happen, I know we're getting the Peacock TV series, which is cool. But like, I you forgot know. about that. But even like you know, even like some of the other ones have pivoted. Like you know, we don't have like Child's Play movies playing in theaters right now. But Chucky is doing very well on TV, and you know that's cool to see. So all the like, I want to see some of the you know old horror titans come back. Like I want another Nightmare on Elm Street. I want another Friday the Thirteenth
0: right i want them done right because like i once i am like more of a sucker for like this original type of like horror movies but then again like i don't know that we're gonna get an era like we did in like the late 70s through the early 90s of these original slasher icons like i don't know i'd like to think that it's still possible but that era in particular and what came out of it like from horror movies and the icons that came out from those years in particular i think might be a once in a lifetime or once in a historical Kind of like phenomenon you know what i mean but yeah some of them you like gotta see again get re- revamped but then you get ones like hellraiser which i don't know about you if you saw that hulu it was i think it was hulu's last year yeah. yeah and stuff like that comes out and it kind of makes me wish that we had just let sleeping dogs lie
1: that franchise is frustrating because it is the first movie is one of those horror movies that every time i watch it i think it gets better like i feel Agreed. like it like it has a very adult serious tone to it that I you appreciate more when you get older. Yes. And the fact that it doesn't shy away from being that I think is really interesting. And I will even give credit a little bit to Hellbound Hellraiser two, which I don't think is as good as the first one. But at least it feels like it's the same DNA. I got to see that one.
0: I haven't seen the second one yet, but I'm it, dying to.
1: It's cool because it, you know, it takes place mostly in the Lamek configuration. So it, you get to see all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. And right. And again, like much like the first movie, even though they have more screen time in the second one, you know, Pinhead and the other cinnabites are not the lead villains. They're like they're just there to like kind of guide you through. Uh, okay, this right. So the,
0: the stepmother yeah. is like the queen of the underworld in the second yeah, not, yeah. which is yeah. interesting. It's
1: other, and it's this other doctor guy that resurrects her. Right. He's the one that wants. Yeah. So. They're the villains, but, but you know, of course, when you have someone that looks as cool as Pinhead and the rest of this device, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna be the face of that franchise. But I remember I remember showing a friend the first one. He was like, "Man, those dudes are barely in it." I was like, "Yeah, they're they're <laughs> like in the beginning for a second, and then they come when like she opens the box, and then that's it. Like towards the end, you are in the climax, in the climax, yeah. But you get just enough of them where you're like, all right, I, you're satisfied.
0: Exactly. The rest of them
1: after the second one, like I can't." They're all bad.
0: <laughs> they all like be- like BTN trash. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever visit them, but still like the iconography behind that series, and like just how Pinhead looks amongst even all these bad sequels that he's in. Like he is just such a badass horror icon that I just yeah love him.
1: yeah. Some mm-hmm. some of my best some of my best horror movie lines come from that movie. Like he's like Spa- spare your tears. It's like it's a waste of good suffering. I'm like it's That's so like, good. <laughs> so.
0: You're good. right. There are so many <laughs>
1: awesome it's, lines. It's so good. I'm like oh this guy this guy's down. All right picking yeah. out what he's putting down <laughs> exactly what about i mean i know you saw oh, talking about a movie where i'm like hey my movie was a breezy 90 something minutes the one <laughs> you saw was not a breezy ninety something. quite minutes. literally
0: double that it was not not in any way a chore but definitely like an odyssey like very much like reflective of the story in the movie itself it was Absolutely, a journey to get through. Bo was afraid, which I saw yesterday, as of this recording. So that's how we spent our weekends. Like I was curious which one I was going to see first. Like I knew I would see Evil Dead Rise, and Bo was afraid, like very soon after each other. But it wasn't sure until the day before which one I would go to see with my buddies. But so I ended up seeing Bo was afraid, and like it's weird. It was one of those movies. I'll just preface by saying so. My buddy Cam, who like he's my movie guy, and my my buddy Thomas, who we were, <clears throat> it was the three of us went to go see it. He put it a great way. He's like, we came out. He goes, I I liked what I saw, but I I don't really know what it was that I saw. (laughs) And that's very much how I'm still feeling. Like since then, I've gone and like, you know, dissected a little bit more, watched a couple videos, people putting some stuff together, because it is a very thought provoking movie that needs definitely a lot of like dots connected. And I feel much better having like, I guess, a sense of what I saw afterwards, but without spoiling anything. If you're a fan of Ari Aster, I can't help but feel that you will like it. I got to say, though, I, it wasn't as horror, like, horror-focused like
1: horror as I oh, it thought
0: it would be. And I kind of like – I hope that he goes back to horror eventually because I think he did a great job with all the different genres that he mashed together for Bo Afraid. Afraid. And there was definitely – there's some shots in Bo is Afraid that you can tell this guy has worked on horror movies before. Like he has Ari Aster lends his signature – Touch through yeah. lots of scenes in different ways, but I think that's where he's at his best. Uh, by no means is this to detract from *Bo is Afraid*, but it, I don't feel like initially coming out of the theater that it was his best. I still think that belongs to *Hereditary*, but again, yeah. that's not to say that *Midsummer* or *Bo is Afraid* were not that's just at that bar as yeah. well. You know what I mean? But definitely a watch. I have plans to go see it again with another friend probably later this week, and oh, I got to say, I can't twice. wait. Oh yeah, and it's oh, one that man. I think demand. It's like. In a weird comparison, it's kind of like a Nolan film, especially his like most recent ones, where it kind of demands a second watch to yeah. really piece everything together. And no better place to see it than on the big screen. It was absolutely a great. Uh, there's some laugh out loud moments. Great to see it with a big audience. I had a blast seeing that on Sunday. It was it was an unfortunately it was a really nice day over here in Fredericton. <laughs> it was like I don't remember. It was like up to 16 or 17 degrees like Celsius, so sunny. But I spent three hours in the dark theater. The I emerged and I like, could not see. I was blind when I got outside again, but. I wouldn't have it any other way. It was great to spend my afternoon watching it.
1: That's how that's how I felt after Owen and I saw on Wick because like we yeah, were there yeah for three similar. three hours and then we came out and the sun was like shining. I was like oh well we it's half a little, a, little, yeah. a good chunk of the day in a dark movie theater, but you know we still got to enjoy the day out afterwards. But yeah, I right I feel you. I was supposed to, I was supposed to see it with a, a friend. I think this week, and I'm thinking it might be like one of those movies. Might have to like dedicate the episode
0: to it we both I, have seen it <laughs> i think that's a great idea because it's definitely one there's enough in it that it deserves its own episode yeah. we would probably just be blabbering about it for way too long so I'm, in a sense i'm kind of glad you hadn't seen it yet because i'm sure we would just be bouncing back and forth like talking more, about yeah. this one uh, i can also say that i absolutely see why it was so divisive it's definitely not going to be for everybody obviously as it's shown since it's been out even though there were some sequences i guess like for me where i wasn't like Not not on board, but I kind of was like, maybe this movie could be a little bit more refined. Does it need to be three hours? No, I I don't necessarily think so. But I had fun, like, during the whole thing. And every minute that Walking Phoenix is on screen is a treat. He he was fantastic. Nice.
1: Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I know I'm not going to, I mean, I still don't understand. I mean, it's cool if you don't like it. You don't have to watch it ever again. But this whole, like, I've seen it more and more, I guess that now that it's expanded into more, on the oh, screens, I know like the people, now, the yeah. people who the people who don't like it are just like it's irresponsible for A24 to like give him that much money to make something like this and like almost like a personal attack against the director too. I'm like, all right, it wasn't your cup of tea. So like never watch it again, like even if you wanted to write a bad review of it, that's fine. You got a bad review of it. But like I've seen people like continuing to drag it like since they've seen right. it like maybe a week ago and it's like, all right, we get it. You didn't like it.
0: <laughs> so like <Yeah>. move on. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Again, like to your point, absolutely. I, I would encourage people to, you know, review it objectively, how they, like, you know, share their experience, whether they liked it or didn't like it. That's not quite not a problem. But by saying like, you, you cross a line and start talking about like A24s, like responsibility to cinema goers and who or who they shouldn't and lend yeah. money to and how much that that's where I kind of I lose. And I agree, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, I don't buy into that. That just doesn't make any sense to me. But it's art, I man. Agree. That's it's what true. it's there for. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. And as far as any other watches, I mean, you guys know now because the episode's out, but I, I did watch Prometheus for our deep dive with Owen. I watched
0: uh, that as well, actually, too. Uh, after. So, <laughs> so,
1: yeah. I, did, I did watch it with Owen. I mean, like with the show with Owen. But yeah, that was a fun rewatch. And it was fun to talk about the movie uh, with him. And like, kind of, I'm also glad that we did a little differently because I actually looked up because I always heard that some people think there's so many unanswered questions. And I think that can look that way. I mean, especially at the time it came out, because you didn't know that Alien Covenant would be around the corner, right? And like, you know. But, you know, it was interesting going through some of those questions that people have about Prometheus and kind of bouncing that off of him. I still love it. Like, it's still, I mean, it is. I mean, like I said in the episode, I think it's like a little over an hour until, like, real shit happens. That's but right. It's, but it's so interesting, the buildup, that I don't care that it's like a slow burn. I think I am So I have time tonight. I need to rewatch Alien Covenant. It was, I, I that was one of the things
0: to. that
1: kind of came up while we were talking about it. And I was like, I couldn't, like, I remember liking it, but I was like, I do remember liking Prometheus more, but I was like, I have to watch it again. I know, and I know they're a little tonally different too, like, you know. Very,
0: because... <laughs> I don't even really feel related to tell you the truth. When was the last time you think you would have seen Covenant? Uh,
1: like three, four years ago.
0: Oh, okay. So you're in yeah. for a good rewatch. yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As I mentioned before, this is like Covenant's kind of like a—it's weird. It's kind of a comfort movie for me, so it's one that I've revisited. I'll I'll watch Covenant happily and then and not feel like obligated to watch Prometheus before, which I'm—I'm sure I'm not alone there because they are—they feel like distant cousins as movies. Like obviously it's related, right? But all I'll say, like, is like, yeah. Just leave your expectations of, like, a Prometheus follow-up at the door and go in expecting, like, typical alien xenomorph muckage, and I think you're way more likely to have a good time. That's all I enjoy that movie for, but I actually do have a really soft spot for Alien Covenant, which diehard Alien fans might, I think, probably are more prone to not like Covenant. Or maybe yeah, not her Prometheus fans, I guess, would make more accurate. I think
1: so, but that's because, you know, really, Scott did what people wanted him to do. I mean, like, it was just like Prometheus was too talky and cerebral, so he was like, all right. Then and I'll, not enough aliens. Yeah, and I'll give you full <laughs> aliens and tarnage. And then they were like,
0: yeah, but okay, well, that was too much. <laughs> maybe People, yeah, I think people started to realize that maybe they liked Prometheus more than they thought they did and wanted these questions answered, and he kind of like nips that in the bud quite early,
1: early on. Early, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it. I would still like to see a good follow up to Prometheus. Maybe a movie that would depict like what happened in between them. I doubt we'll get it, but I would still be on board for it. But I'm yep. all about the Xenomorphs. They're like my favorites.
1: Alien, honestly,
0: are. some of my yeah, some of my favorite like characters, I guess if you will, in sci-fi, probably in cinema alone. So if they're on screen and it wouldn't matter if it was directed by Michael Bay, I would probably eat it up. Oh, no, <laughs> honestly, I just love them,
1: man, that you would only have alien carnage if it was the exactly. Michael exactly that's what I'm by saying, Michael Bay. There'd be like yeah. no plot, <laughs> no plot whatsoever. Yeah. And then other than that, I also watched uh, or rewatch X2, because we're going to be talking about that yeah. after we record this episode, uh, won't, won't reveal anything here, but let yeah, love it. still fucking love the movie. But that's all I'll say. <laughs> so you guys I'm listen for to that channel. next episode. It'll be fun. Yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun rewatch. That one, I don't know. Hold up special place in my heart that one because i love mm-hmm. x-men i grew up like that was a right. comic book i collected other than spider-man oh
0: okay, so like,
1: cool so i was a big x-men person so to have like a really good one that early like you know 2003 i was like all right we were in a good spot as x-men fans so that was pretty was yeah pretty nice some, so
0: were the was the original trilogy a question This kind of gonna ex- Expose my ignorance here. Were they all directed by Brian Singer?
1: So, Brian Singer directed one and two, and then Brett Ratner directed the third right. one because right. Brian Singer was directing Superman Returns. And because X2 did so well financially, like it made more money than the first one, the Fox wanted to rush the, the third one, which uh, is why is we know why how that went. Which yeah. explains what that movie is hot garbage. <laughs> but yeah they really wanted to rush it to get it out there and oh, okay. even though even though that movie technically made money it just wasn't well received the third one no, you know, which is why like
0: I, is lambasted by everybody yeah
1: which is why i think they went like the first class route when they eventually kind of redid it again and i actually you know talking about good comic movies i actually think first class and days of future pass are both very good x-men movies apocalypse not so much it's like okay it's not as bad as people make it out to be but it's not really good either and then dark phoenix is in its own level is it
0: as bad as they say
1: so here's the good thing the cast is great I mean, right i have really good actors in that in that, in that movie I mean, that's what i love about the newer ones is that they really did cast it well and they got really quality actors to play those parts yeah i'm just pissed off because like the dark phoenix saga is like one of the biggest x-men stories it's probably one of the best well-written ones from the comic books and they fucked it up twice now. <laughs> you know, And the th- in the third movie, they kind of shoehorned it in into a 90-minute movie that also is dealing with the whole, like, mutant cure and all that stuff. So you have, like, two big plot points kind of fighting with each other. And it's then with Dark...
0: 90 minutes, man. That yeah. is beyond with me.
1: With Dark Phoenix, okay, you have a whole movie dedicated to it, but it's, like, if they were really going to do it right, they would have to do, like, the Infinity War in-game treatment where, yeah. you know, Phoenix-, Phoenix is good at first. When she first gets her powers, like, she is helping like save the universe and she's like on still like she's still very much gene but she's like powerful and then what Mm -hmm. ends up happening is that powerful becomes that power becomes too much for her and it kind of consumes her which makes her evil so you really need you really need the whole build up to that and you can't really do that in one movie and
0: definitely that's,
1: not and that's that's been the problem with how they did it in the last stand and that was the problem with how mm-hmm. they did it with dark phoenix so.
0: maybe we'll see that tackled again in the future and revamped like maybe they'll incorporate that in the mcu somewhere down the line if that's even still a thing in the next you know how should, mean, i
1: really hope they do i mean because the They're fact starting that the, to bringing the x-men in right yeah the animated series the fact that they did that better than two movies is crazy to me but they did the animated series from the 90s actually did that Dark Phoenix story justice, even though they had to change certain things so it is a kid show, but right. they still did that story justice and somehow two movies. And one of the guys who wrote it, who was a writer on Last Stand, he also wrote and directed Dark Phoenix. So I was like, so you've done this twice now. You had, oh time, to, you had time to get this right.
0: Okay, well, who's <laughs> given this dude the opportunity to mess it up again after he did well, that? I didn't realize that.
1: Simon so mean, Kimberg's been involved in like some good X-Men movies, so I can right. kind of see okay like you don't okay. always screw it up but uh yeah and then they well, made him a director on dark phoenix so it's like
0: <laughs> like all well, right I, it's not yeah i guess i believe in second chances and stuff but maybe that'll they'll be careful or cautious who they approach to do that again down the line should they ever choose to you know tackle that story yeah. line again
1: because it's a good story i think do really well like with a proper like yeah movie adaptation but yeah we'll see you know, now that I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we're getting the X-Men still might be like a few years, like a couple of years, maybe two or three. I don't know. Cause we're, they, we still have to get the Fantastic Four first and <laughs> there's a lot of uh, MCU stuff coming. I just, I mean, I love X-Men so much and I, I'm glad they're under the MCU umbrella. I just hate that it's been this long without like, not even that long, but like, it's going to be that long since we see them again on the right. big screen. Uh, You know, cause they're, it's. Like we'll talk about it with x2 there's like some really interesting themes and stories that you could tell with those characters because it, it really feels like it's it has a lot of real world kind of motivations with like all these themes about like acceptance and tolerance and like
0: True all that. That, yeah.
1: yeah yeah so there's like it can go a little deeper than most like i think superhero comic book movies right so yeah i'd love to see those characters again hopefully hopefully soon i mean i guess we're getting i guess we're getting hugh jackman in deadpool 3 so he'll, he'll be back as wolverine right so there's that but you know yeah. i want to see i want to see all my other all my other x-men
0: yeah back on the big exactly X-Men. <laughs> but uh, even as not much of an x-men watcher i hadn't seen many of the films i am a huge logan fan like of the movie and the character and yeah. I, I gotta say even though when he announced his retirement after logan i was like a little bit bummed but i'm glad to see that uh, we will get a little bit of a glimpse of him in deadpool 3 yeah. which i don't i don't even i can't remember when that's slated to come out i
1: think but. it's 2024 so next yeah next year
0: oh, okay so they must have, yeah. have they I think they're
1: it, starting
0: yeah, I yeah. think Jackins is such a badass, dude. Like, nobody will ever replace him, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, someone, I think, put on Twitter, I was, like, scrolling randomly, and there was, like, a name a character from a movie that you can't really see any other actor playing. And, like, I'm not saying that no one else can't play Wolverine, but it's hard for me to right. picture anyone else doing it, like, in live-action form, Agreed. the way and- the way that he has. Because, you know, I have my little squabbles about, like, or even, even though I love the second movie and I like the first one, too, I have a, I don't love that all the focus is primarily on him. Like he is clearly like the lead. The lead? Or the, yeah. Like, oh yeah. And, and I get that. It's because, you know, char- the character is popular outside of like casual moviegoers know who Wolverine is.
0: So I totally exactly. understand that marketing decision for sure. But
1: even though I have that issue, there's no taking away how like good and charismatic that guy is in that role. Like he, you play You can tell that he loves playing it and he owns it. And he just, yes embodies everything about that character and that he's a fan on top of all of that so mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that plays into why he played that part so well which i think it, it's a hard act to follow when they ever ever they decide yeah to tap, tap into uh, the wolverine well again without him
0: needless to say whoever is cast in that role in the future has some big shoes to fill and i would yeah. not want to feel that pressure but uh you know kudos to whoever lands that that hypothetical future role
1: yeah yeah Yo. Know, Yo. Know, t- Tall order. Taron Edgerton was one of the people that has been fan cast a lot because Wolverine okay. in the comic books is like a shorter guy. He's not like Hugh Jack is actually pretty tall for Wolverine. uh okay. But you know, you know, a lot of people have like done some really cool art designs where Taron Edgerton looks like he could play it. I think even he's oh, okay. like, oh, well, I feel like that time's kind of passed now. Like he would love to do it maybe, but like, you know, it's one of those things that I think got fan casted more than like, I don't know if there was like genuine interest or they have already been at one point to. Have him take on the part i think most of it is like fans reminds me of like the john kurginski like emily blunt you know mr fantastic and invisible woman thing that is more of a fan right. thing which which is why emily blunt has finally just been like i don't want to do a movie like that <laughs> which is like i don't want to be <laughs> in it so like stop trying to like make it happen make it it's happen, happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah yeah like you said tough act to follow i don't know how they're gonna Top hugh jackman well at least we don't have to worry about that anytime soon because we we get him in depth exactly 3. that will probably be his That's last right. hurrah for sure but yeah for sure yeah this will be fun to see him back in the role definitely all right so now we got some uh, some news yeah. to cover where do you want to grab into here
0: was going to say i want to do you want to break that did you want to go down trailers or do you want to go down news first i'll leave it up to you
1: you know what we'll do we can do the trailers first
0: sure all right, right. well we want to start off strong with uh we got a, a second fast 10 trailer just yes, dropped like I think as of recording about four days ago. I just saw it for the first time, maybe 40 minutes ago before <laughs> we uh before we started recording. And I uh, so I have a fresh take on it. What did you think about trailer two? I I gotta say, I'll preface by saying I think I liked it more than trailer one.
1: Oh, okay, we're different. So okay, so oh, okay. I, thought, I thought I saw I saw a good trailer. I just liked I think the first trailer did a better job of like, I mean, as serious as these movies can get. Mm. I think it tried to show that it wasn't gonna be all like spectacle. Like they were trying to do something a little bit more like character driven that's what okay. that first i got the impression from that first trailer this one seems to be like all right let's just showcase a lot of like balls to the wall action which is fine i, I mean that's what the i franchise agree with is that built- exactly yeah, that's what the franchise is built on so i totally get it someone made a really good funny comparison where they said that like i forgot who said it so i'm sorry i would love to credit you with 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 saying it, but they were like, "So Jason Momoa is basically like the Joker of the Fast and the Furious movies. That's what he's coming off at. He's like very like over the top and like you know, but yeah, he also feels like a credible villain at least from the trailer. Like he seems like a, like a legit threat.
0: He's having a blast playing the well, role fun I couldn't yeah, help yeah. but just be like all right yeah, sure, I'm on board.' He he looks like he's a good choice for the villain.
1: Yeah, and I was trying to you know, I was trying to pay attention. Like, do we see more of like other characters? They showed a bit more of Bree Larson not a couple shots a couple shots i know that she is playing mr nobody's daughter who was played by kurt russell and like right
0: um, i didn't even know that until right now
1: so i know there was a lot of speculation that like she might be related to brian somehow or hey hey she still might be i don't know that what i've heard is that she's mr nobody's daughter i'm so surprised i mean maybe i'm not because maybe universal pictures probably knows that brie larson isn't like incredibly beloved by everyone i feel like they someone like her you have a name like her i thought she'd be in the trailer more
0: honestly i'm curious as to why she's not been you know plastered all over the place even in the second trailer you do not get a lot of. you get literally a couple seconds worth of her
1: yeah you know there's a looks like there's some stuff with some some weaponry i think i saw that yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. yeah. and she looks pretty badass from like this little bit that we've seen they showed more jason statham and sun king a little bit um so that that's gonna be an interesting union because you know he did
0: kill him <laughs> I, I know like i kind of honestly i kind of sighed when i saw that you got they glimpse each other like they're preparing to take down i think a room full of guys like they have they're definitely gonna have a fight sequence together where we're on the same side and yep. they kind of give each other a look in the trailer of acknowledgement and i think it's supposed to like highlight this i'm assuming this must have been like one of probably if not the first time they've really sh- shared an actual like meaningful scene together since because yep. he only came back in the last movie right And yeah and I, yeah
1: and at the end of a stinger at the end of that was that they uh he showed up to where jason statham was staying and they see each other and then that was it right. so so this will be the most like time they've shared since you know his right. fake his fake untimely death um,
0: yeah oh so, we seeing them like that they're promoting that but whatever yeah.
1: <laughs> you know i here's how i feel i mean you want to keep jason statham around i get it you also wanted to make fans happy by bringing Han back, right? Um, and I know fans were pretty upset in the Fate of the Furious when they basically made Jason of, Statham's character like basically a, a part of the family, like he was helping them, and they yep. tried, and they tried to endure you to him more because he saved the baby. So like, I yeah, there was that. There was a lot of like kind of retconning him, making him like not as bad. As we yes. thought he was and i can understand if you're a big like i love these movies but i'm not, like a hardcore fan where i was like upset about that but some right. people were because like han was a pretty popular uh, uh, well, of all the characters came out of tokyo drift he he was the most popular which is why you by know they, thought, they, right? they found yeah. out a way to bring him back by saying you know what like four five and six take place right before all this so like this is why he's still here and this is why he's alive so i like, it just concerns me because gal gadot i i liked her as giselle right but i also feel like they might try to bring her back and like she clearly died i mean like she clearly died on that very very long long runway wherever that plane was like trying to take off and there was an explosion and blah, blah blah she clearly died right but but and i also thought
0: how oh, i'm say never died. yeah there you go never say never with this series i don't think yeah. they're above anything like yeah I, I know i wouldn't be surprised you know there's something that they want to bring back for fan service i don't think anything would stop them but this trailer though for me was the one It was the first any fast and furious movie trailer in a while where i kind of just left my expectations of anything realistic at the door and just kind of tried to get on board with how extreme and ridiculous and over the top that these movies clearly have they've adopted this identity now that they're not trying to hide how outlandish they are and so that's what kind of i think why i had a little bit more fun with this trailer like even when I saw the fat the first fast 10 trailer, for whatever reason, I think just because I've watched like all the movies until like where they really started to get off board, I just wanna consider them like that they're taking themselves serious. So yeah. the crazier they get and the more death defying and gravity defying that they get, I kind of just I think I'm just kind of taken aback by how yeah. outlandish they seem. But I kind of just left that at the door now, and I'm kind of just watching it for the sake of like, honestly, how I'd kind of watch like a Michael Bay movie, not to bring him up again. I just said Michael Bay on the mind, I guess. We're,
1: we're pl- <laughs> just, plugging him hard.
0: Those yeah, things. exactly. Shout everyone, out Michael watch, Bay.
1: Everyone watch Ambulance. It's actually yeah. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like approaching it like kind of now, like how I should, like not yeah. trying to take it too critically. So I, I had fun and like kind of Jason Momoa looks like he's having a blast. Like He looks like he'll be a fun presence in the movie. Am I expecting that he's going to be at the table by the time Fast Eleven comes around? If he's not dead, yeah, probably. But that's just how these movies yeah. work now.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm always, I'm also like taken aback by how stacked the cast is. Like every time I like look at it, like when I saw the yep. watch this trailer, like and it's a mix of like not necessarily like A-list people like you know someone like Jordana Bruce is not A-list but you know who she is like from this franchise so you have people like her who actually you know been there from the beginning which is pretty cool to see and then now the franchise has gotten so big that you can get people like Helen Mirren to make an appearance and she's <laughs> going to be in this one too or you can get yeah. you can get an Oscar winner like Brie Larson and you can get an That's Oscar winner, and, yeah yeah you get someone as you know Jason Momoa is like you see stuff now he's like doing this you Know Alan Richards is also in it. He's a uh, he plays a Richard. Yeah, they're bringing back Scott Eastwood for this. You know, I don't think I saw him in the trailer, but I know he's on the cast list and he's in this. They're bringing he's, him back as well. Is Kurt uh,
0: cast? no. don't
1: know. It's one I anything, life,
0: but, but, yeah, yeah, I hope so. I, I love like, him. And
1: you get like Ludacris for good measure, Tyrese if you're into that. Like, yeah. I mean, Jason's Jason Statham. Like, it's just a mix of talent. I mean, like, you got like a like, all over the map,
0: really. Absolutely.
1: And, like, I love when certain actors do movies like this, like someone like Charlie Ceron, because it's like, you clearly are, you want to have fun. Like, this right. isn't like groundbreaking. And the fact that they've been bringing her back, I like when she got introduced in The Fate of the Furious, I didn't think we'd be seeing her again in Fast Nine. Later, yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought she'd be one and done, but clearly she's having a good time. That's why I always think it's interesting when the whole Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel thing kind of happened, because, you know, Dwayne Johnson clearly thinks vin diesel is hard to work with but
0: all these other people seem to mm. not have a hard time working with him well dwayne's we like, got a, a big ego probably bigger than yeah. some of the other castmates, so i can see why they would clash because it's honestly i didn't even really think of this about dwayne johnson until the uh, black adam stuff but that kind of even yeah. showed a lot more how big his ego truly is on big projects like this so yeah. it doesn't surprise me now knowing what i know that they butt heads because they're very yes. much feel like they're cut from the same cloth and those productions aren't big enough for the both of them but they only work yeah. for, for so long on the note of how the longevity of some of these characters particularly the particularly the villains it kind of i'm trying to just realize now like they are clearly scared to kill some of these people off are they not it <laughs> does it seem but that it, way
1: it seems like they
0: are so i wonder I if we get any big big deaths in this one
1: you know so this is setting up a big finale for this franchise right because Technically, Fast 11 will be the last one, according to them. The main, you know, Vin Mm -hmm. Diesel's always careful Mm -hmm. to say, Vin Diesel always says of the main franchise, it will be the last one of the main franchise. So I'm pretty sure there might be, I know there was talks a while ago to do like an all female one with all the girls. That sounds okay on paper. Like, I think that'd be kind of fun, but you know, I can't see Universal giving this franchise up entirely because it's made so much money. I also you're right you know, unfortunately. Yeah, and I also don't know how fans will accept something from this universe without the main cast, because, you know, they they dabbled with that with Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift did make a ton of money, but I guess it did set a pretty good foundation for and they got Justin Lin as a director. That was the first one he directed and he was a part of that franchise right. for a really long time. Uh, they were able to introduce. Sun Kang is Han, so that there was that was good. Fan and think, character in and I, that yeah. movie, yeah. And I think in years since it's come out, I think it's been accepted a lot more, especially because I think it's the last one that really focuses on street racing. Yes. Um, after this one, after that one, they kind of were like, "Yeah, we can't just like have an entire franchise built on this. Now we got to make them like international like ice thieves." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, right. you, you guys know where it's gone. <laughs> if you have Dwayne Johnson grabbing a torpedo and throwing it, that's where we've got. That's where we've gotten." Mm, yeah. The ship was
0: sailed a long time ago. The car racing ship.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, it might be hard to kill off some of these people because, like, so many of the names are big. Like, it's like you don't want to get rid of like certain people. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, I think certain people might be a little bit expendable, but I wouldn't like as a fan of the franchise. I wouldn't want to see certain people go. Like, hey, don't touch Mia. Let let Mia be. Yeah. She has to she has to stay happy with Brian, even though like you know they. Are finding very loose ways to explain why she's there <sighs> and he's not.
0: <laughs> well, he he supposedly will be. Who was it that said that? Apparently, Brian's storyline will be wrapped up, wrapped like up, probably yeah. in this. Even though they did this three movies ago.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, um, Furious Seven was such a good send off for not not only not only that character, but for Paul Walker in general. I mean, I I said it to you before that the fact that like a movie like that from a franchise like this took a beat in a moment to like really honor like that character and its star because they really were very close to him. I thought yeah. that was handled surprisingly well for something that comes from like, you know, it's viewed by a lot of people as being just like dumb fun. Right. But yeah, it's like, leave it there. It was done. It was wrapped up perfectly there. Like, you know, he was happy, you know, he had a family.
0: That's why, I think it, ending.
1: Yeah, that's why i think it's a little problematic when you bring her back i mean because i love i love Jordana Brewster. i've loved Jordana Brewster since the faculty and i right. support her appearing a lot because you know she's she's a gorgeous hey, girl.
0: <laughs> i think there's ways for her to be incorporated in the story without her being mainly involved in the action and not have to find a workaround as to why brian's not there like they could uh, you know like have some scenes where dom's like really missing brian and has to check in and like you know and she grounds him or something instead of having her come back on the team and fighting people. Yeah. so is a different way to approach.
1: I agree with you because I, I know some people might think it would make the character like oh, it'd be kind of like a thankless role to just have her show up and like offer a pet talk and I have her be involved in like the main action. Right. Like, Cause I'm sure because 'cause I'm sure Jordan Brewster miss being a part of the main action. Like no doubt. I mean, but I think that makes more sense considering where the character ended up with him at the end of the Furious right. Seven. Like they were happy and they were family and like they were getting out of that life because of you know they were starting because they had a family so like that right. you know that made sense as much as i love seeing her in fast night and she has a really fun kick-ass action sequence with michelle rodriguez when she basically said to dom that like brian would want her to be there and i was like i get it he's her brother but no he wouldn't <laughs> like no. he, would want, he would want to be safe yep, and not any exactly so it's very loose how they try to like keep her around
0: yeah i get your point about like enjoying her presence and her like wanting to probably miss being involved like with the main cast but and largely i'm sure she isn't as big a focus in these movies because directly because of paul walker's death but at the end of the day you're there to service the story as an actor slash character and that is ultimately what should be preserved the utmost right like your yeah. your involvement you know i don't know if it should I don't, well no I'll say it a little bit more rigidly your involvement as an actor shouldn't compromise the story in any way I don't think so like I think at that point it's unfortunate but for the sake of the story it would just absolutely make sense for her to be on the sidelines and that's unfortunate but yeah whatever. you know what, you <laughs> no, know what
1: too? I think and I think that was a bone of contention between Justin Lin and Vin Diesel oh, yeah. one of the reasons one of the reasons why I think Justin Lin like vacated directing that like a week into production because she right. wasn't she wasn't involved in it like she wasn't in the mm-hmm. fast 10 at all and i think fans you know they really want mia to be there i get it I mean because she's been there since the first one and, right. and and she is dominic's sister like so there's the whole family right. part of it too but i i don't unless new director i think it's lewis let's hear I, I, I don't want to push her yeah, Re- yeah. yeah yeah who is actually coming back to direct the final one too right. I think and this is just speculation, but it was kind of playing out online, like on Instagram too, that I don't think that Justin Lin wanted to shoehorn her in just to have her there. And I right. think that, and Diesel really wanted her there. And I think that was probably one of the things that they had creative differences about because, because he, Diesel put up a post right after that happened, which was like a kind of a throwback with him and her, like from like the first movie. And she really thanked him in the comments about like, Getting her back involved. So I think, yeah, it was very instrumental in like probably oh. having some rewrites done on how to like include her. And in, uh,
0: you have a very careful one. eye for this, for this sort of thing. Oh, I, oh so, I, I, so I had to for, I had to for yeah, work.
1: I was like, I was like, what's going? okay, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So I've
0: cool. been wondering. <laughs> <instrumental>. I'm wondering <laughs> for some insight in behind justin lynn's departure ever since it happened like i could only imagine it was involved in some way with like a, a bout with vin diesel but i didn't have any insight or any specifics so i bet you're totally right that makes that makes sense
1: yeah because i also think there's pressure too because like a lot vin diesel actually responded to a fan that wanted address the whole thing like we want the franchise to go back to its roots like what it was which we've talked about before it's kind of probably hard to like go down <laughs> to like kind of like tail back, put the from back, back in the
0: bottle yeah
1: and right? Diesel also respond to that fan and was like that's what we want to do and like you could tell that he's like trying to listen to everyone i think about how to like make that these final two movies really good for fans and
0: right. and i'm sure
1: he got involved a lot with justin lynn about like we should change this and do that and do this and you know when you're a director that's not and but you know you also vin diesel is a producer too so he's a so he's a, have charge. To a <laughs> you gotta listen to him too but you know like if Justin Lin felt like he couldn't make the movie that he wanted to make, I'm not mad that he left because he's just no, like, you know, I don't wanna total offense. And he, honestly, he put his signature on so many of those sequels. You know, I you know, him I think the granddaddy of the ones that he did is probably Fast Five. That's probably like even though that is when things took a turn, you know, that's when we got but that's when we got introduced to like Hobbs. Huh, so we got introduced to like Dwayne Johnson's character. Like yeah. they expand they expanded the universe a little bit and had to like, all right, if we're gonna keep making these and we have to kind of shift and even though that shift I think has gone too far, I think with that movie in particular, like he really put his stamp on it and like those movies are so so associated with him. Like, I mean, I know who directed some of the other ones, but I still think Justin Landon is like the person that kind of held that together when he did that third movie that wasn't all that well received when it came out, but like stuck around to expand it uh, a bit.
0: Well, not to mention so, the third one has definitely like gotten better with age. Age, age, right. It's well, right. you know, people come around to it and ultimately I'd still say it's a standout amongst yeah. the entire franchise. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure he is missed around there if maybe, if not by Vin Diesel, definitely but by viewers such as ourselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he definitely directs action in a very, uh, very um, like entertaining way. And I'm interested to see, because I don't know, did Louie Leterrier direct any of the previous ones? No, he did brand he, new he, okay but
1: he has he has some action like he did the transporter stuff with so he's he's associated with associated with jason statham
0: i love he, the transporter movies
1: yeah he directed the incredible hulk oh with, right with, with edward norton right. uh, he's done a lot of, he's on a lot of tv stuff he's won some emmys and stuff too so he's not okay no, he's not
0: like he's, he's not fashion. brand new then okay no
1: he's not brand new no no he's i think he i think also oh, i think they needed a yes man and i think when you're dealing with. <sighs> diesel is i think they just need a director like hey just do what we tell you <laughs> and then that's right. all you need to really do i think that, and it's again speculating we're just having fun kind of we exactly we, we weren't we were not there we were not <laughs> on set we were not on set uh but it's just like a lot of reading in between the lines like how these right. things were kind of going down uh, we'll know how it all turns out on may 19th and that's when fast 10 Opens yeah, that's
0: right around the corner. That's
1: right around the corner, and like we do have a ca- on the calendar, we have a Fast and the Furious episode on the calendar. I do not expect Jackson to watch nine Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies. Try
0: uh, but, and get a few in though.
1: But you know, the important like the first one, maybe Fast Five, Furious right. Seven, it then you know you have a one of the guys. His name's Ty. He follows the podcast And he's been trying to get on. I've been trying to have it on for a while. But he liked that, the he likes the fast and the furious franchise. So I think I'm gonna have him on for that. So that'd be okay. like a fun one to do. I think it'll just be a fun one to kind of dissect Definitely. them. <laughs> I mean but yeah, no, I do not expect you to watch nine movies <laughs> leading up to.
0: No, but I'm it. definitely gonna try. Like without a doubt, I'll get the first one in because like I actually just genuinely love that movie, even though it's just Point Break yeah. 2.0. <laughs> I love Point Break. Point so break I love the point, point, point Break with cars. Yeah, and it's nice to be back in like the roots of the series, and it is just overall like a good watch. It's honestly it's awesome to see young Paul Walker. Like all the cars from that era are super badass looking. I also am a sucker for the underglow on them. So. Yeah, anyway without yeah. no <laughs> getting ahead of myself there's i'll definitely try and get in as many as possible for before may 19th because that will definitely be a good discussion
1: yeah there's a um, there's a picture there's a picture from the fast and the furious like where they're all it's like a publicity photo i think they're all like sitting in front of like one of the cars and like i always look at that picture from that first movie and wonder if any of them thought that they would be the people that were still around like vin diesels or donna brewster michelle right. rodriguez if they would be at this moment now with this franchise when they decided to sign up for this like
0: I'm quite sure great with them. car movie, <laughs>
1: yeah, like because they all seem so like young and earnest in the photo. Like they're, they're trying to look like badass because it's like a publicity shot for the movie. But right. I'm like, we tell those guys like this, they're gonna be like international like stars because of this movie. Like this right. is the start of like you know everyone around the world knows who you are now, and that's, that's every time I see that picture, I always think about that. That must be crazy. Humble to, beginnings, right? Yeah, humble beginnings for sure. But, yeah. Mm. Uh, All right. What else? What other trailers we got? Do we have another. Skipping
0: forward, se- head yeah, we got a trailer for what on IMDb is crediting it as Insidious Five. It's I think it's a uh, official title is Insidious: The Red Door. The right? Red Door. Yep. Yes. Ominous sounding. What did you think of that trailer? What are, What's uh, your thoughts on the Insidious series overall? Yes, well, the first one I
1: think is one of the best horror movies that have come out. And like, oh god, when did that first one come out? Was it twenty ten? Twenty ten. So yeah, I think a it's a warm
0: up for the Conjuring. There, there,
1: is, there is a jump scare in that movie that still makes me jump
0: the red and face yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah and i and i and i know it's fucking coming every single time and i still jump i think it will be as big as the first time i saw it because i legit out like made an audible like noise
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it is awesome first time scare don't get me wrong yeah. that and now i'm I'm kind of like desensitized to it now i've seen it in first cities and enough times that it affected. i anticipate it it is such an effective jump scare though and i remember even the marketing, the original marketing for it. I remember being in my old room in my parents' place when I was probably twelve when this movie was coming out and yeah. trailer alone, I freaked the shit out of me. So I've always been a little the insidious movies have always done a great job at being effectively yeah. scary. so I know exactly yeah. where you're coming from.
1: so the first one I love the second one is not as good as the first one. Uh, I Definitely still think not. it's I still think it's fine. It's not like it's not a train wreck. And then the third one's pretty good. I thought it was better than the second one.
0: I haven't seen uh, the third. <laughs> Or the fourth,
1: and, or, and they, the fourth one's not bad either. Also, okay. I think it's better than the second one. But what I am intrigued by is, even though I think the second one has its issues, I do love those characters, and I like, I do like the idea with this one of like going back with them and uh, yep. catching up with like you know Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson. I think it's cool that they still have the kid from the original movie playing. Yeah, in this part, I but, didn't uh, see that
0: coming. Ty Simpkins.
1: Uh, like, like he's, like, he, it's crazy when you watch a movie where someone's like a child, and all of a sudden, like, dude, like, no, like, we're, we're in college now. <laughs>
0: <need to> <laughs> And it's weird it makes you feel a little old doesn't it
1: yeah uh, Patrick wilson is directing this one uh, which is cool this is a directorial view yeah uh, but it's cool that someone's directing that is like associated with the franchise at least even as an actor you know the, the trailer didn't like terrify me or anything but i still think it looks interesting like i i'm all in on it and, but okay. there's nothing there was nothing about it that made me go like "Ooh, i need to rush and see it but i, I mean even though i will there right. wasn't like a huge like like that looks amazing kind of factor but i still think
0: will be pretty good
1: i mean what did you think of it
0: you know i'm a little mixed uh, i don't really like again like I, trailer didn't look bad by any means but it also like what you just said didn't pull me in like to make me feel like i'm i don't think i'm gonna go see it if there's if it's a light i don't know when it comes out but if it's a light weekend or midweek and there's not yeah. much competing like I'll, i might go take the time to go see it in theaters i don't know do the third and fourth directly involve that? the want i wanna call them the warrants <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of their family Oh god, why am I playing? The same characters in the third and the fourth?
1: No, so uh, the Lamberts. Hey, you were you're, you're, yes, yes. you're pretty. The Lamberts. Right. Saying they're the Warrens, even though I know you were, like mixing up the Conjuring. It does yeah. sound almost similar-ish. Yeah. Uh, I believe the third one was.
0: They're not in the a prequel. third. Um, it's a
1: pre- it was a prequel. So as a prequel set before the haunting of the Lambert family, that reveals how gifted psychic, uh, Lynn Shay's character gets him. That's, they were introducing like. Uh, how, okay. She got involved that was directed by lee when actually and he wrote it as well and then right insidious written, the last key. one too yeah and Insidious: the last key uh, didn't have the lamberts either um, okay. it was more of a fo- it was more of a focus on uh, lynn shay's character um, okay and, yeah so this is like so i guess this one is taking place 10 years after the events of i guess what would be the first two movies right and and then picking up with them um, again
0: so that'll be a factor then and probably going to see it because I'm like if the fir- if the third and fourth both directly involve that family, I don't know if I'd want to like get through like I'd probably watch two again. I've seen the first one so many times where I just don't feel like I need to see it again, yeah. but in anticipation of this movie, but like I don't know that I would go watch two, three and four just in anticipation of five. It didn't hook me that much. There's things in it that I look like interested in seeing again. I'd like to see like how he, like the character of Dalton and his dad are so clearly plagued by their yeah, visions Desert, and Desert. nightmares yeah. and you know by these demons and stuff but interested in that this is patrick wilson's debut my initial thought when i saw that he was directing this is like was there nobody else attached to this that like really wanted to make it that they or did patrick wilson just say i, mean, all I, of a sudden, I, I wonder oh, if he wanted want to direct the yeah, installment i wonder
1: if he wanted to kind of
0: interest like in just doing it and they were like oh, okay well you've been be curious to find out why he's directing
1: And you know what And it's i mean um, i mean even even with the insidious franchise he's also you know closely connected with James Wan too, because of the conjuring and stuff. So they might maybe, a great maybe, point. maybe they've had discussions like, Hey, I really want to direct. And like, you know, this would be like a,
0: he's probably learned a lot uh, too. On James Wan. Cause they've directed yeah. many movies together. Right.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So like, yeah, I the can see like, maybe why this would be like, you know, he'd be interested in wanting to do it. Um, nothing about it, at least with the trailer. Like, I actually saw the trailer for it other than online. It played ahead of evil dead rise. So it was, even on the big oh, screen yeah. nothing about it like stood out to me visually like oh this like is really groundbreaking like if he's doing anything you know visually that's that's great groundbreaking.
0: It. it's not groundbreaking but, right.
1: right but i mean I, i'll be optimistic though since he's kind of worked under some pretty good horror directors
0: and fair he, enough
1: he's involved the franchise so he's familiar with it so that
0: do get a cool shot of the i know that it's it sounds a little ridiculous but it's credited in the insidious credits as the lipstick face demon it, like this it, red one i'm yeah. talking about from that jump scare you do get a juicy look at him again near the yeah. end of the trail i'm assuming it's him anyway so i'm like that it was honestly kind of cool to see him back in there but my like feelings towards the insidious franchise aren't as i guess uh like warm i guess maybe as yours are like it's one of those series where at least with the first one honestly i don't know why this is the case but my my enjoyment of the first one has gone down over years versus oh really i I liked it a lot when it came out and i think maybe it's because i I compare them so much to uh, the conjuring series which i just think is like just done i think that's where james wan put a lot more of his like work and faith into than the insidious movies and i feel like i kind of compare them and like conjuring just kind of wins for me versus on those ones and i guess i get less scared of insidious over the years like it just doesn't like shock me or scare me as it did back in the day when it first came out
1: they yeah, like meanwhile i'm still like jumping like a little bitch from that one jump scare scene <laughs> No, i know it's there <laughs> like no it's coming
0: but there's definitely <laughs> some freaky imagery in the throughout the insidious movies that like i'll be excited to see again like when they go back like to the further and yeah. like and ca- that demon ghost realm like that stuff's all pretty freaky and you know the imagery is always good and that's what i like kind of get the most out of from that uh series but you know what? I, I'm not jumping at it. I guess the trailer was okay. Nothing spectacular, in my opinion. But yeah, eh, got something well, at least.
1: We will find out when it opens on July 7th, So uh, yeah, we have a busy, busy summer <laughs> uh, ahead of us. Yes, we do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely gonna see it. I just, you know, nothing about the trailer like really, like really, really mm-hmm. grabbed me. But I do like the franchise overall, so I'll give it a shot. Especially
0: yeah, that first I might. Movie. Uh, maybe I'll. Yeah, I'll probably if, if I get the second one, in, then I might go. Uh, i might go catch it because early july i know that there's some big releases later in july but i don't know what it will be competing with off the top of my head in that early slot in july so it might be a good opportunity to see it it.
1: yeah might be good no because you're you're gonna have like a pretty busy july was that 18th when when your favorite movie barbie and open well i think i
0: think it's 20 i think it's 21st if i recall correctly yeah yeah yeah. but i might not see them both on that day so you're right yeah but uh, i'm gonna laugh when you see barbie
1: you see Barbie first, I'm going to laugh.
0: <laughs> you probably <laughs> the, won't. Only the only way, way I, to I is know. if it's a... <laughs> no, I don't... I... You know what? Barbie, I... it just makes sense to go see it first. If it's a timing thing, I might even just hold off because I have to go see... I've been hyping up Oppenheimer so much. I have to go see it yeah. first. But we'll see. i said it for both regardless. But yeah, no, July is yeah. looking like it's going to be at least a busy month of the movies, which, hey, is never a bad thing.
1: Never a bad thing at all. Uh, no. I guess this, this thing wasn't so much a trailer as it was like a title reveal. I kind of forget these things Mm. are happening. Uh, I'm not like totally into like the monster first, like Godzilla, King Kong. I mean, it's it's fine. Right, it's fun. They're fun. But uh, did you
0: see Godzilla versus Kong?
1: Did Uh, I was actually one. I think after after, I think after Mortal Kombat uh, was one of the second movies I saw in theaters when they started to like reopen. uh, Okay, nice. Again, and I think I was just so star for any movie. That's like All right, we'll go see.
0: (laughs) We'll just go see this. Fair enough. Why not? Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was pleasantly. uh, it was entertaining.
0: I just, you know, I'm that glad be that... the word I would describe it as. I hadn't seen it, but it's going to be anything. It looks entertaining.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we got a little teaser title reveal for Godzilla, I guess, X Con. I don't know how to say it. There's an X in the middle. <laughs> okay. But uh, New Empire is the official name. Uh, Adam Ringard is coming back to direct, which is good. Uh, and it serves as a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong. And it will be the fifth film in Legendary Pictures Monster uh, or the film synopsis this latest entry follows up the explosive showdown of Godzilla versus Kong with an all-new cinematic adventure pitting the almighty Kong and the fearsome Godzilla against a colossal undiscovered threat hidden within our world challenging their very existence and our own and the film also stars Dan Stevens Rebecca Hall and Brian Tyree Henry if you care about the humans in these movies <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I'm I'm excited for uh Dan Stevens' involvement in that movie, because him and Adam Weingart have worked together before on that, on that the, movie. The guests. The, a few yeah. guests which yeah. Those guys work awesome together. I love yeah. that movie so much, so um, interested to see Dan Stevens in this. Uh, I'm curious, though, you said this is the fifth movie in the Universal Monsters universe. What is the fourth? Because so, I'm I think correct, it's God- it was Godzilla. And then right? Kong, Kong, and then Skull, Kong Island. Skull
1: Island. And then uh, and there was uh, King of the Monsters, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, whatever it was, the third one. That's
0: standalone yeah. Godzilla, or was that? Godzilla
1: yeah, it was, so, it, yeah, it was a standalone. A standalone Godzilla, and then oh, they did. Okay. God, and then they did Godzilla versus Kong, and then we get this one.
0: I don't. I didn't know that. That there was two Godzilla movies before they went.
1: Like, yeah, and, and they had a similar. They had a similar thing that plagued poor Ridley Scott, <laughs> Prometheus, and <laughs> Alien Covenant. Godzilla. Oh I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't mind it, but everyone was like, "Hey, there wasn't a lot of Godzilla in a movie called Godzilla." Uh, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of focus on the humans, right? And they kind of rectify that with, like, the follow-up. There's, like, a lot more Godzilla. But then there okay. were some complaints nice. that there was, like, oh, well, there was less focus on the human characters. Like, well, what do you want? First, you were like, there's too yeah. much focus on the human characters, and now there's whatever. You no, can't no, make no. everybody happy.
0: Yeah. You can't please um, them all. No, exactly.
1: I do, I do agree, though. When I want to see something like this, I just want to see, like, monster action. I mean, I guess the humans have to be there. <laughs> I mean, but... Yeah, it's I'm going to follow somebody that's not why you're seeing them So, there's that yeah. um but well, yeah that will be out next year i believe uh if you guys are interested in checking that out yeah march
0: 15th 2024 is when that opens oh my god it's that far away. oh oh yeah okay because yeah, they just yeah. announced the title not a trailer so that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i thought we were talking about ridge for a sec but we're not so yeah okay that makes sense march 2024 20, still ways away i can't imagine what that shoot's gonna be like I'll yeah the shoot. probably i mean do you like expensive. any of the ones that you saw so I haven't seen either of the Godzilla ones, which like growing up I liked Godzilla as a character. I saw some of the early two thousands ones. Uh, I saw Skull Island. I honestly looked at it more as a comedy. Like it I didn't, I didn't <laughs> oh, it, love really it. Funny. There's moments in it where I actually burst out laughing though. Like I'd revisit it just for the sake of like having a good time watching it.
1: Yeah,
0: but I I would get around to watching like the twenty fourteen Godzilla. Uh, the other ones just didn't really interest me though, honestly. If there's a universal monsters universe this isn't the one i want to see it's the one involving the mummy and dracula and their classic yeah. Yeah. you know hollywood villains i like yeah. to see that sort of universal monsters verse but definitely entertaining enough more with like the first godzilla i would watch that but i just haven't got around to it i don't know that i'll be going to see this one but regardless it's cool that godzilla's still around off after all these years i think it's really cool that we're in a time where we see a live action Godzilla and Kong, like you know, against yeah. each other or teaming up, however it goes, like that is honestly pretty cool. Just as like a cinema lover in me is like that's that's cool that we get to see that in this day and age. So they've been such right. age old characters that that's a cool crossover. But I don't know, I haven't really heard anything about the movies that has drawn me to go seeing them. But uh if you say that they're worthwhile or entertaining, then that might change my mind.
1: Yeah, they're they're not like you they, know, they're it they is what it is. I mean, I thought Godzilla, mm-hmm. the one with like Elizabeth Olsen and. Uh... Aaron Taylor Johnson was also in it. It is pretty heavy on the human stuff. It's a very like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of. I forgot who clocked the screen time for Godzilla, but it's not that long for a movie that's like two hours.
0: I, I know that much of okay. least yeah. And Brian Brian Cranston's in, so, and So you said I, Aaron think, Taylor Johnson's in. This? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And what's funny is that they were I believe they Elizabeth Olsen and him had just found out that they were going to be in Age of Ultron. They were like both like doing that movie oh, and, okay. and so like they play like it's funny because they play like lovers in godzilla and then play brother and sister in mm-hmm. age of ultron and they thought that was kind of funny so like yeah definitely
0: back. a little whack. yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah but yeah it is a it is more of a human affair than like a monster movie uh, that focuses okay. on him but what, what you do get of godzilla is pretty cool it's pretty good but it really isn't enough for like something called godzilla like to hide your monster for most of the movie have a lot of like well godzilla action. you know what?
0: i'm thinking of like Cloverfield and how we were talking okay. about like we don't see a whole lot of the clover monster on screen but when it's there it's effective so if like it's anywhere yeah. comparable to how that is portrayed then i'm I'm on board with that i don't necessarily need like a 30 straight minutes of godzilla muckage it would be all right but you know sometimes less is more and i have to see it to you know make up that decision for myself but yeah. i'd at least check it out because i like the cast a lot godzilla is just a really sweet you know movie character and monster yeah. so to see like a uh, a revamp of him and like his first movie, I would definitely give it a, give it some love. Well, yeah, I guess cool. i have been so picky. I find myself, like, really, especially chatting some your name stuff lately. I find I'm really picky with some of my watches. I kind of want to just, you know, leave expectations at the door sometimes and just, Oh, watch it for the sake of watching it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'll get to see them kind of teaming up with each other, I guess. And this is what it sounds like. From yeah. the synopsis. So they right. were at odds and now they have to team up to beat up a bigger threat than either one of them. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> sure. It'll be, uh, at least it'll be fun to probably watch.
0: At least yeah, no, no. Entertaining, fun for the family. I'll be curious to see how it'll do when it opens up, but that'll be a conversation for another day. Yep. Uh, speaking of, I got a little bit of a, a little surprise news. I want to see if you had heard this. this. Is something we didn't chat about off camera, but little known actor by the name of Bill Hader, who I know has been definitely busy with filming Barry, that yep. show, that HBO show, which I actually haven't seen, but I've heard great things about Have you caught any of that? I've
1: actually never seen Barry. Done? I think it's just the final season. Uh right. Uh yeah, yeah. I have I've never I've heard it's very good. I just never I've never watched I've it. heard
0: great things too. And apparently uh, it, like sets a standard for like uh television, like comedy dramas. Yeah. Not
1: apparently. as sinful um, as me not watching Breaking Bad guys, so like, it's no, not as sinful. Exactly. Not <laughs> apparently Barry
0: no, though. <laughs> yeah. On my list for sure, but anyway, so I wanted to verify that uh that Barry was wrapping up because that'll make sense for what I'm about to deliver. But so Bill Hader is developing a horror comedy movie that he is apparently um um trying to star in and this is per indie this is just a headline that I saw earlier this week and wanted to throw by it. I love the sound of that. I love that Bill Hader's doing something original and putting himself nice. in it because he's a big talent. So I yeah. I don't know any other details beyond that. But uh what do you think of that news? No that'd be actually had you heard cool. that because he is he, I
1: hadn't I guess saw a blurb about it but I didn't like read into it too much. Uh, but yeah. yeah that'd be pretty interesting because he is uh, I mean, a really cool creative mind so i would like to see like what kind of horror comedy he would come up with and of course we talked about how horror comedy can be hit or miss so i hope uh, yes. that's a hard it's a hard subgenre to get right uh but he seems like he would be able to um so i I would trust in that for sure i would yeah, yeah I'd he's be an actor really really,
0: like yeah i really admired his like career progression like post i i didn't really know bill Hader much before like uh, super bad so yeah. to see him rise up and like you know just take on a lot more like dramatic projects and stuff and like really develop as a creator i've just really on board with his career so i'm was like thrilled honestly to hear that he's developing a horror comedy really on yeah. board with that love me some bill Hader.
1: i love bill Hader, and you know what he dated rachel bilson the lucky son of a bitch so i'm going to give him that credit.
0: i recognize the name but you have to fill me in who, who so is she
1: rachel bilson played summer on the oc the okay. uh, she also i always like wording it this way she also gave Gave birth to Anakin Skywalker's child. Uh, she dated uh, oh. Kristen, or I think she was married to him. I think, or I don't know. They were in a long term okay. relationship, but they had a, they had a kid together. I always like saying that. Cause she actually makes jokes about how like she, I don't think her daughter fully realizes that her dad is Darth Vader, and they've mm-hmm. actually talked wow. about it. On, they've talked about it on like the OC like podcast that she has with one of the girls that used to be on the show, and like it's she's so funny that like he's just you know you may may not love everything that Hayden and Kristen did with prequels but you know it's kind of cool that your dad would be like darth vader
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> that's um, pretty cool
1: but yeah she and then she's done some movies she was in jumper with hayden Christen, and that's how they met
0: oh oh um, her i know and, I, uh, yeah, I remember hey. jumper i used to that was one of my earliest dvds i had i used to watch a bunch like that movie a bunch of times when i was growing up i convinced TV.
1: myself that i thought it was good i, I haven't seen it in so long
0: i am seen here it's probably way worse than i remember but i saw it at such a young age that i just didn't even really realize but i would die for a rewatch of that movie what a yeah really for sweet. sure
1: yeah, yeah she is yeah,
0: she's a bad guy too yeah anyway she's gorgeous i know exactly who you're talking about now and
1: she hasn't aged at all i think she's like 41 or 42 now like mm-hmm. it's so weird when i watch stuff where like you know i grew up like on the when, on the oc like she's playing high school of course and but i think she was like maybe 20 21 she started right. in the oc okay. um and you know, certain people are frozen in my brain because that's what you know them from right so it's so weird to think that like god she's like 41 or 42 now and she yeah. looks great like she looks she hasn't aged like at all but yeah on that show i remember like on shows like that the fun best friend always ends up stealing the show a bit and right. on that show, Summer was the fun best friend. She wasn't really supposed to be like the lead. And actually, she was like a guest star when they started the show, but the character was so popular that okay. they made her made her a regular. But when you see her standing next to Misha Barton and Marissa, who was just always, something was wrong with her, like always, every episode, okay. something was wrong with Marissa. And you got more fun Summer standing right next to her. Like, right. that girl is gonna like steal your heart. So like that, she her character is pretty funny on that show. And she, okay. And she starts as, like, kind of, like, vapid and stuck up, and then she grows as the show, like, progresses. I see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bill Hader, like, snag that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was attaboy. impressed. I was You're impressed girl. for that. And good work on that horror comedy. I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, seeing what he comes up with. Yeah,
0: uh, be paying attention to those it. details as they emerge. Like I said, yeah. I don't literally know anything else about it, but definitely have my, well, I'm sure we both will have our ears to the ground as that develops. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, so, and also, uh, I will, another horror news and not in a fun way uh, a little yeah. that that little thing that we teased you on earlier when we were talking about the harry potter tv series because we were like nice. hey max max is doing it and then i like get an email from work and it's like the headlines just uh lionsgate is an early development on a twilight tv series
0: yes uh, i liked
1: for those who are not familiar with twilight they're based on the stephanie meyers books about, <laughs> about vamp about vampires who glow and glisten in the sunlight i mean that's not all it's about
0: same <laughs> vampires, Teenage vampires. High school vampires.
1: Uh, it starred you know robert pattinson and chris stewart uh, kellen lutz was in them. Uh, peter fascinelli a lot of uh, and i got even got real good actors to be in some of the other ones like bryce Dallas howard was in eclipse uh, Dakota Fanning showed up, actually. Rami Malek had a role in one of these towards the end of the run. I forgot. Oh, they actually actually attracted some decent talent. Taylor Lautner was a thing for a little bit when these movies were Mm -hmm. big. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him, but he was supposed to be like the thing and then never, he never really, I'm sure he's happy, but I never he never really progressed much past, like... I'm sure he was happier movies. when he
0: kind of got out of this phase because, like, he was, like, definitely a worldwide sensation amongst definitely, like, Yeah, I mean,
1: days, he like, dated Taylor Swift for, like, a hot minute during this period, yeah, so, so, was, so he, was exactly. pretty, he was pretty popular. Uh, pretty sure... Guys... Yeah, I read... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I read something about him. He did an interview, I don't know how recently, or, like, an op-ed or something. <clears throat> he was discussing, like, particularly how the limelight and the constant spotlight really affected him like mental health wise and even physically so i think he's been probably better off not being like a movie star at the same caliber as he used to be yeah because they um, were you know, i mean they were sensation.
1: pretty i mean what was it team edward team jacob like you you can only have you can only be on one yeah. side <laughs> you either were that's right you're either werewolf jacob or you're with uh vampire and Ed- and the thing was yeah when i was i remember when i was watching those movies because i did i watched all of them i saw every single miserable oh, one of
0: wow them. lucky you <laughs> uh
1: jacob was healthier for her like i mean as a potential love interest but for, for some reason you know she was into the vampire who she like basically wanted to like almost kill herself for like i'm like there's like some subtext in the, in those movies and, and in the books i guess that i don't think is necessarily the right message for teenage girls especially when it comes to like you know this kind of like undying love that means the world to me and means so much to me that you go to like really really bad lengths to kind of maintain said love right <laughs> you know they're romanticizing it for the sake of, like, movies, but, like, if you're older and you're watching it, you are like, no, that's not a good message. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there's no denying that they made a lot of money. It followed the whole, like, Harry Potter, like, uh, trajectory where, like, the final, like, book was split into two movies. I know that wasn't necessary for uh, King Dawn because I know the book isn't as long as, like, you know, Deathly Hallows, so it didn't need to be two movies. But, you know, this was, like, milking it, milking it for all it's worth. Yeah, I mean, what we know about the TV show so far, uh, uh, Nate Daly, whose credits include Tell Me Lies, The Walking Dead, World Beyond, uh, Raised by Wolves, uh, and The Get Down is attached to write the script for Twilight. It says Daly is working with Lionsgate TV to determine what the specific take on Twilight will be and if it will be a remake of Meyers' books or a different offshoot. Uh, hey. So so you know how I was saying, like, I was intrigued by the Harry Potter stuff because, like, at least, you know, there's some good material there. your thoughts on this? I... I hear the books aren't even good so i don't even know if you can make something viable like i see like the seeds of a good idea in those movies because i've never read the books but right i mean you know but so many other people have done vampires and werewolves so much better even right. teenage like you know i'll i'll watch buffy the vampire slayer all day if very i need young. like a teenage vampire like you know fix because at least that show was smart and yeah. uh, it, can, it can handle comedy and drama very well and like really kind of like had a nice balance of like everything you would want from a genre TV show like that. Um, I just it never got good. The only one I think that is like I can give some eclipse is like Shotwell and then I'm like pulling oh, okay. that. I'm like tugging at like looking strings, trying to like figure out something nice to say. Yeah. It's Shotwell, that's all I can say about the third movie and it makes really decent actors seem like they're not that good so like that's why so many people were up in arms when robert pattinson got cast batman because like this is what they knew him from even though by the time this franchise had ended he had done some so yeah he, he, he had done some great independent movie work at oh, big time. you know krista stewart even though i don't love her personality and interviews and stuff she can act but like you would never guess it from watching these
0: movies no uh, she's so- long way. Oh. I, say, I enjoy her these days but i remember when these were coming out i used to think wow the girl that plays bella is like a plank of wood <laughs> you know uh, what i mean yeah,
1: basically yep. uh, the best thing i can say other other than the clips this was uh anna kendrick's like her it was her first movie uh, she did she played bella's best friend
0: i forgot about her involvement.
1: and anna kendrick was basically basically like not making a lot of money so this was like her first big paycheck i remember on twitter when the 10th anniversary for twilight came out people were tagging her on twitter and i think <laughs> I'm, like a kind of a cliff notes version of what she said yeah because i don't know exactly verbatim but it was something on the lines of like holy shit i was in that movie <laughs> and, like she was like trying to make making fun of it i think she you know she probably looks back on it as like something that gave her a career and like it was like oh you know absolutely. the absolutely first- big thing she got to be a part of uh, you know she was a broadway uh, girl before she did movies and stuff and you know she tells a really interesting story when she did up in the air which she eventually got nominated for an oscar for uh, she she was always thinking that like one of her jobs is gonna be her last one like she didn't feel too wow. comfortable or set uh, while she was making movies in like the early part of her career uh, and she almost felt like she felt out of place, surrounded by people like George Clooney and Vera Formiga in that movie. I can uh, imagine. You know, and then, but then, you know, the movie comes out, does really well, she gets an Oscar nomination, but she's still tied to like appearing in Twilight on some level, because like, there's like a contract, and it's not like the character got like in her role as those movies went along. She still, she wasn't involved too much in like the vampire stuff, because she was like Bella's like friend in high school, and that right. was the extent of that uh, relationship. But yeah, I always think it's funny, like of all, I I guess the good thing that came out of that, we got Anna Kendrick and she is a pretty good actress and definitely very, very likable and lovable. But yeah, I, so I forgot who was, I had a friend that read an excerpt from one of the books to me and I was like, oh, this can't be a good anything. If this is what
0: you're you're reading to me, (laughs) like, no. My, my hopes aren't exactly high for this, uh, this series either, but uh, I guess time will tell really how it unfolds. Interesting though. Like I, point that you made earlier i can't help but feel that we've seen there's so many different iterations of this sort of content and even just sense twilight that i don't know what the appetite is really going to be for this but you know what it could be an opportunity for this up and coming a like, young generation that yeah. hadn't maybe this was like i'm going hate them the books were an absolute phenomenon when they were at their heights like i was probably in like yeah. fourth, fourth through sixth grade when these movies were at their peak when the movies were coming out and they were huge i remember like my best friend at the time his sister like didn't even go to school until she was done like reading really? books cover to cover like she was so infatuated and she was by no means the only person that was like invested in the books like they were definitely a young adult phenomenon so maybe we'll see if uh, maybe they get a second life with the younger generation but again yeah, yeah um, i won't exactly be holding my breath either
1: yeah i mean i won't either uh, this is like not uh, the reason why i don't care about this so much them doing it it's not beloved for me like the harry potter stuff is so it's like you know right. do it and maybe you'll get lucky and it might be better than the movies that they cranked out but if you're wondering why we're getting a tv series or why they want to keep this ip going on so some level uh, across all of its installments the series gross 3.4 billion dollars worldwide across all the movies mm-hmm. uh and area no. habit <laughs> that is yeah. why
0: uh, it's always the money
1: and just knowing how fast things move when twilight the first one grossed 35.7 million on its opening day summit entertainment <laughs> announced that they w- it would begin production on new moon after that day so so they knew that they were like all right <laughs> after that opening oh
0: my day God.
1: and and i love this too like i'm just looking at it i looked it up on wikipedia but it's like the films in the series have received generally negative to mixed reviews from critics <laughs> it
0: sounds about right
1: yeah sounds about right so uh, they've had four different directors across the movies, Catherine Hardwick, Chris uh, Weitz, David Slade, and Bill Condon. And none of them can make these movies good. I'm sorry, guys. and <laughs> just, uh, I don't even think it's your fault because Catherine Hardwick, you directed a movie called 13 that I love, that uh, it's a really solid independent movie. Uh, I don't think it's them. I just think it's the, the material. material. perhaps. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes all the way back to Stephanie Meyer. And, but you know, also too, oh, I also want to point out too, across five movies, the budget, uh, 401 million dollars so they made so much money off of these movies Uh, but i will also be honest too you know what these are not made for
0: us that's that's a great point we are not by no means the target audience for these
1: i wasn't even the target audience when this when the movies were coming out i was like i'll just check it out because everyone's they're making a big deal out of like how huge the books were and i was like all right well but then, by the time they got to that whole baseball scene in the first one, oh I, was like, I, I was like, I was like, I like, oh I was like, God. I am tapping out. <laughs>
0: have you ever seen? There's two points I want to get before we move on from this. That, have you ever seen the parody "Vampires Suck" that literally yeah. off Twilight? That yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. It might not be as good, but I remember that being hilarious. And they they pick on vampire tropes just so humorously. So well. from what I remember. But my buddy Cam, he so he's he has a longtime girlfriend, and I don't know. I, a feeling of that kind of led to them watching these i think maybe she has a soft spot for them or they threw it on yeah. one night just to check it out again and he actually said and because of what he said i will probably watch the first one again he said that it was genuinely hilarious like bad <laughs> funny like kind of like the room yeah, is yeah. Kind of how we compared. it like it's so all yeah. bad it's funny and uh just this is like breaking down some scenes because i would have seen the first one a lot when i was i was like i don't know eight or nine when these came out or the first one came yeah. out so I would have seen it, like said, my best friend at the time. His sisters were all over it. They had it on DVD. We saw it while it was hot. But I don't remember anything about it. So, like, Ham was breaking down these scenes for me from the movie and, like, busting a gut laughing, like, as he was reciting them. And, like, honestly, <laughs> it did sound quite funny. So I'd be on board with, like, checking out the first one again, like, purely as a comedy.
1: Almost, like, watch it yeah. as, like, Mystery Science 3000, like, almost making <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> The other yeah. three or four there was five. They broke the fourth one into two parts. You said right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Those
0: I don't know. I'll ever get around to seeing. But the first one seems like it could be funny enough to to warrant a, a visit.
1: So I saw the first one in theaters. Big mistake. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah. they didn't fool. Me, they fooled me enough to go see the other ones in theaters. I waited. I was like, all right, I'll wait till these come around. I'm so my impressed home.
0: That you got around to seeing them all.
1: I was like, you I'll give anything a chance. Like maybe it gets better right i mean i should have known by the end of that second one i was like no they're not gonna get better are they probably
0: worse if anything
1: that that third one looks pretty that's about it <laughs> Other than that it's
0: uh, yeah everyone
1: ate those movies uh, i just remember like just hearing girls talk about it like it was like right. the second coming like it was like yep. the best thing like, that's hard too yeah and, uh, and then they progressively just made more and more money too like right. it was it's hard for me to shit on it I mean, at least critics were shitting on it because they're like yeah th-. but it also most of the people reviewing those movies were like old white dudes so they it wasn't made for them <laughs> it no, wasn't right. made for them um but yeah i mean yeah yeah i'm cool with like any demographic having their thing it doesn't have to be sure it doesn't have to be exactly for us. but
0: um, hey it's so fun to comment on it and see what you think about it like you uh, know doesn't mean don't take our opinions you know yeah, right. worth their weight but whatever still yeah. fun amusing humorous so so lionsgate you go ahead and make that little yeah. Little at worst, the original, so uh, you can't really get lower than that,
1: and probably just as popular
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Uh,
1: And uh, do we have to pivot to more serious ish
0: news? I guess, yeah. Um, I mean, kind of the note to end it on before we get to box office, we've had some developments in uh, story the Chronicles of Jonathan Majors. So, what exactly unfolded over the last week?
1: Well, what's crazy is that. (laughs) He talked about that rumor the marvel rumor right and i think it's mm. i think as soon as we hung up to then record the enlot lot episode yes i got an email saying that jonathan majors got dropped by his uh management and publicist. Uh, drop
0: like a bad habit
1: which is never a good sign because no. if your management or publicist believed that you're gonna get out of this okay there's no reason that they would drop you because you're still technically attached to the marvel universe uh, so so far um and it feels like they have heard and seen things that they're just like no there's no uh coming out of this i think right and and i mean that was just like the beginning of the bad news i was like that's pretty bad yes but then i think it was the next day or the day after variety broke that story that like other alleged abuse victims are cooperating with the Hatton da office and like telling their stories about alleged abuse from Jonathan Majors. So it's pretty bad when there's more than one person because definitely what has also happened since then. You know, there's all the, the talk about the video, right? So there's video of the first accuser uh, out partying that night after the alleged like incident happened, and it looks like she's fine. Um, it hurt. Right. There's also like you know talks from like one of the drivers that was in the car with him, like an Uber driver or whatever that dropped him off, could corroborate that like he instigated the fight, and she attacked him. He never attacked her. He actually got out the car and never touched her. Uh, and then there's also I guess other texts she sent him like a flurry of texts and calls like when she got back from I guess clubbing or whatever, talking about like the legend fidelity and then talking about how she wanted to kill herself and then like all this other stuff. And then that is when the cops you know get involved and they see all these like bruises and stuff and it seems like trying to say that I think jonathan majors and his legal team are trying to say that maybe she might have did that to herself and oh, okay and that he wasn't involved so great you have video footage of her partying the night that this supposedly happened that doesn't really prove anything either because a lot of people deal with trauma differently so i don't want to say that's a good excuse as to right not being the case the driver having a witness like that is pretty good to show that she the aggressor, he never he never put his hands on her. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the calls and texts, you know, later that night, you know, saying the things that she said. What doesn't look good and we've talked about it too about the court of public opinion, when you put, even put out in the ether that other people might have had the same kind of interactions with him, even yeah. if you prove that this girl nothing happened with her, there's still that. And now that seed of doubt has been planted and
0: it's only going to grow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, he he he's been quietly dropped from a few other projects that he was uh, attached to. Uh, what else? And uh, let's see if I can pull it up. They're like they were like smaller movies. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, he was going to be on a, a, the U.S. Army also reconfigured a new ad campaign without Major's retreating as a narrator. And the baseball team, the Texas Rangers, also dropped him from an ad campaign. He's also been dropped from the film adaptation of The Man in My Basement, and he's out of consideration for an unannounced Otis Redding biopic. Yeah, wow. and then this is not he also will not be attending the Met Gala as a guest so
0: I mean uh, what oh <laughs> shit that's not the how will I recover
1: well I guess that is a pretty big celebrity thing that goes to go through, yeah, but anyway, no doubt go. of course that's um,
0: uh, not good for him by any means
1: so, uh, so far Marvel hasn't made a move publicly
0: I'm honestly surprised. They really want to cling. I'm sure they do not want to go through a recast of that role, especially someone that they definitely put a lot of stock in going forward. Yep. This is probably a nightmare for them right now to be dealing with. Not jealous right. of them. I Honestly, I, I would lie if I said I wasn't surprised that they've been sitting on it for this long. What What do you think about that? Do you have different opinion? I'm surprised, too.
1: I would think they would want to get to this soon because they actually advanced screenings for Guardians start this Friday. They are... I think they are so confident in how Guardians is going to do that. I think they are lifting the embargo that day for reviews. Oh, OK, uh, so She's that is to be in this at all. No, but because press also starts then. And I think if you're Kevin Feige, that question is going to get asked, even if it's not Guardians related. Oh, so yeah. they're going to they're going to be like, hey, so what's the deal? And you mm. know, what? a lot of these a lot of uh, people's publicism, they'll send you emails telling you what not to talk about with talent. Okay. But, some, but some people try to sneak in questions anyway. So I still yep. can see that being the case of like, hey, this is big thing. He is the centerpiece. He's your main villain for this phase. Uh, what are you guys going to do? I would think you would want to get ahead of that before this massive global campaign for your next
0: big Marvel movie. is ticking. And yeah. sooner or later, they're going to be confronted, like you said, with these questions. And I... We'll be listening intently to see what the plan, uh, maybe it'll it'll be around the time that uh, those advanced screenings for Guardians come out, that they make their decision so that they have a leg to stand on when it comes time to answer the press. Maybe we yeah. will see something. And I'm
1: sure there's going to have to be, they have to work out because they said the reported deal that he has for Avengers The King Dynasty is upwards of $20 million. So if there's a contract there, I mean, I don't know if there's any outs in those kind of contracts when you use that he allegedly might have done right Um, or or they'll have to do if they do recast Uh, i don't think there's anything they can do about loki season two that's already that's happening and oh yeah and he's a part of that that nothing they can do about that but like they haven't started Mm. filming uh kang dynasty right or any are any other stingers with him as far as we know that he might be a part of but if you're them you have to be now being like all right now we have some decisions to make
0: like, off the top of your head, do you know when Loki season two is set to come out? Like, I finished filming it, or I think
1: it's all done. I'm gonna up.
0: That... I would like, I wouldn't put it past Marvel to like film. Like, well, they probably, I imagine they probably have to do like quite a bit of that season. But if it comes out, like, if it's like a night and day clear, like, no two ways about it, like, there's damning evidence against him that he absolutely abused or assaulted multiple women. Yeah. I, I can't see them being like, oh, it'll be fine. Let's release season two, even with, you no, know, he's a major character. I don't, maybe too far gone, but I would not. I wouldn't think that Marvel would want to be dealing with that backlash. So I'd yeah. be surprised if they go ahead if that's well, what happens by I the time it comes out.
1: I think this might be kind of soon. So It'd be in there. The there. Second, it get, like, the, 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 better. the second season finished filming October twenty uh, twenty two. So oh, it's okay. already shot. Oh, and okay, can. well I'm done. Uh, and they said the second season of Loki has been teased to release in summer twenty twenty three, but no like solid release date yet.
0: Okay, so that's uh, soon.
1: I mean, I mean that would be very soon relatively soon
0: I'd say it's in their best interest to get it out get ahead of like actual concrete once it's too once it's out there and it's not deniable if that's how this ends up going yeah. i'd say that they have a pickle on their hands with season two
1: i say they do too and i know dome
0: no studio wants to deal with this i mean like it's marvel least of all they're champions of you know this they very much it's any sort of like you know yeah, publicity yeah. like this degree, I would probably be the like, especially Disney, who obviously owns Marvel. I can't imagine that they would want to go anywhere near that if everything yeah. gets all. And I also don't think not.
1: they want to like go too fast. They, remember, they moved too fast with James Gunn when they let him yes. go. So they're trying to um,
0: learn lessons. I, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a really and like oh, I want to clarify when I say it, the situation sucks. I don't. If he did this. I don't feel bad for him in that sense. Of I'm just not. saying that, like, but like you know, a much better story here is seeing the rise of someone very talented having a moment that clearly he was having, Uh, you know, he easily be like in league with like next kind of like Denzel Washington kind of type. If he wanted to be Uh, now, you know, that is, he's very much happening. No, never seen a rise and fall like this. (laughs) Like, I
0: think we have a future case study on our hands to tell you the truth of like how, prominent up and coming actor was and how quickly they fell from grace, regardless of how it gets resolved. It's undeniable his career. Yeah. Even if it, you know, even if he's able to maintain jobs as an actor after this, no denying that his career as it is, as it stands at 2023 is effectively over. Like I don't think yeah. he'll ever reach heights that he would and- already gotten. So that itself will be definitely interesting to study in the future. Yeah.
1: And there's also magazine dreams which they I know they were slaying it for a December Oscar run for him. I don't know if that's the case anymore. they haven't moved it or anything uh you know yeah. and of course, that's in December, a lot can change between now and december, but it's it's a it's a total nightmare for all i mean all involved like you have movies with him that he's attached to uh, god if you're if you're him, of course, you know this isn't a good thing mm-hmm. uh, all you know i I see if there had been these murmurs of like other people that he's allegedly done this to and you prove one girl might be lying. I think there was a way out for him to kind of like,
0: yeah, you know, get maybe not a court it. of a public opinion, but actual. Yeah. Court.
1: Yeah. But I think sure. once you start, are you plan to see that like, this could be a habit and like, that's what people are going to think no matter. I mean, everyone has their own opinion on it already. No. Uh, there no. are, you no, know, there have been some that have compared this in a very negative way, comparing it to like the Andrew Miller thing, how they feel like Jonathan oh, majors yeah. acts a bit more then then Ezra Miller got chance after chance after chance after chance. After chance. Um, you know I still, yeah. I still I still maintain that Ezra Miller will be gone after the flash. I don't think they're going to keep Ezra Miller around. That is my personal opinion. Uh, you know, you have a 200 million dollar movie I'm... in the can and they can't really do anything about it. Uh, right. At this point. Uh,
0: yeah, and, I, and I, I agree with you there
1: and i get and i get the comparisons too because there's a lot of implications about race too when it comes to comparing jonathan majors and ezra miller you know, certainly
0: it it's, hey, like, it's an interesting case don't yeah. get me wrong no no I and I, and i'm not
1: saying it's not necessarily wrong i mean there. i mean the optics don't look great uh, no especially if you know if they both did horrible things then like you know people should be like losing opportunities and losing jobs but you know jc murk with the movies did make a good point Ezra Miller hasn't picked up any new jobs, you know, since all, all that, all the right? stuff. Oh, so it's only right. the flash. So I understand I, a little different where like Jonathan majors had was attached to all these other things that are coming out and attached to maybe star and a few things. And he's losing those opportunities because, you know, they were already lined up. I mean, Ezra Miller has nothing lined up post flash. So like, situations are a little different, but I also understand yep. the optics not looking great.
0: I, I completely understand the optics as well. I think another, variable to be considered too is that they are obviously uh, handled and puppeteered if you will for lack of a better word by completely different studios they have completely different publicists different managers right. all these individuals that as they relate to either jonathan majors or ezra miller are capable of making their own different decisions and so it's not necessarily fair to compare the decisions of well if this would be much easier to look at i think if they were handled if they were both marvel or both dc you know what I mean? Right, but right. Whereas they're on different sides of the, the coin, right? It, it, you can kind of it makes sense, I guess, that there'd be slightly different decisions made, but I totally agree that the optics are bad. And that is not right. to say that it's right one way or the other, because I, I agree that they should both be treated absolutely the same. But right the case remains with the flash. That is absolutely that is talk about a rock in a hard place. There's no good way to go right. about that. But I honestly am still surprised that you see is still to this day. Still, sort of not given a concrete answer as to how they're going to handle Ezra Miller going I forward. Know.
1: they it's really haven't. And honestly, they're gonna—they possibly have reason to celebrate this week because CinemaCon is happening in Vegas, and all people there will be able to see the Flash uh, first. Okay. Uh, that's crazy that they're gonna premiere it so that far ahead. Because you sign a lot of stuff when you go to stuff like that to not talk about certain things. Right. But, uh, God, I don't know how you're gonna avoid any leak of any kind that it's far a month in advance yeah early you yeah know. they might have you know something to celebrate once that screening is over uh, yeah i agree with you i it was if ezra miller was a part of marvel and they were handling that situation one way and then handling the jonathan majors one in a different way i would cry
0: foul of that uh, too. absolutely and you'd be well within your rights to do so that would be way more of a comparable you know situation but agree where there's just there's different variables at play when they're managed by different bull right. corporations companies you know what i mean but right regardless you know both should definitely you know get what they deserve and i hope that's the case regardless of how things goes around the majors i hope his name's clear to fact if he's not guilty of these things and i hope he doesn't have these opportunities if he is found guilty of them so right i agree obviously that goes without saying but uh, this
1: is a good lead-in to talk uh, i'm gonna talk about the box office in just a second i did want to mention because it's a big story i mentioned it to you right before we Signed on for this. Uh, tell me more about this. I, I feel very so, much
0: like the audience here because I'm not familiar with this uh, issue.
1: So, we're facing a potential uh, writer strike, uh, the Writer's Guild of America. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot, I've seen a lot on Twitter. I've seen it with a lot of my friends who also write. I've seen with a lot of my friends who also act. They said that you can tell that there is a definite slowdown in deal making and production right now because no one's really. Sure, what's going to happen, and then there are other writers who I've seen post on Twitter saying they're writing their hearts out until because they want to get as much done or get a lot out there uh, or a potential strike happens. This oh, okay. hurts, this will, I mean, it hurts the industry both ways. You'll feel almost an immediate kind of impact from the TV in because TV oh, okay. has to crank out more, they crank out like you know, between you have like a limited series that's eight to ten episodes, or you even have a network show that's like. 20 or more uh, you know if if the writers guild goes on strike then those writers don't write which means that nothing it goes into production without screenplays so what is going on is that 98% of WGA West and WGA East members are authorizing a strike if a fair new film tv deal isn't met by the May 1st deadline um mm-hmm. uh, we have gone through uh, writers strikes four right um this is like the least so so there was a show called heroes back in the day i don't know if you ever heard of heroes but i heard of it
0: i don't know much about it had
1: an amazing first season like one of the best first seasons of a tv show i've ever seen season two happened to fall in the middle of the writer's strike that killed the momentum of that show it killed the momentum of a lot of tv shows um so uh the longest uh WJ strike on record was in 1988, and I'm familiar with this one because the guy who wrote Halloween 4 said he had to crank out that script in like 10 days before uh-huh. the strike, before the strike happened. Uh, it was from, it was from March 7th to August 7th, lasting 153 days, followed by the 1960 strike at 146 days, January uh, 16th through June 10th, and then the one during Heroes was 2007 to 2008 strike from November 5th. 2007 to february 17 2008 at 100 days uh, this doesn't really affect some of the movies that are on the okay now like your summer movies they're not going to really right. move anything around it's uh, you know going into production that stuff that's like 2024 uh, you know, it can really like slow things down if like you can't if no one's going to be writing anything that means like when you're when you go on strike when you're on part of the writer's guild you know how like sometimes they're like oh like you might be in production there might need to be rewrites done. You're not going to get those rewrites none of that oh not, none okay. of that i
0: had not thought about that um, so,
1: soap operas survive strikes because they hire what they call scab writers that aren't a part of the uh, writers guild, the guild? so oh, okay. so they so they get to continue to write keep their shows going um there is an option to do that but i think a lot of other productions don't want to you know because they know. And a lot of actors too even though they know this will slow things down they support uh writers getting a fair deal when it comes to Writing, film, and TV, so they're all in support of a strike, but they are also very aware of like it hurt. Especially, right. you're coming; things are starting to get back to normal. Movie theater are going is back almost back to normal. Box office is almost back to normal, and to have a lull where potentially there might not be any content created, it's very similar to like what's going on with like COVID when everything shut down and nothing can go into production. Uh, that was a right. force you know thing that happened, but like this is you Know kind of the similar idea where you know, unless they come up with a deal that works, they will go on strike and they will strike as long as they need to until they get what they want. And right. that would so be they're very they
0: they're, negotiating a contract,
1: they're negotiating, and that's what they're going back and forth on, right? Uh, and then they, you know, authorize the they can go on strike on May 1st. That was like when that story broke, I think last week, that deal was like, yeah, you, you know, you can authorize it if you're, you know. Yules are if you're kind of aren't met by this date then going on strike uh yeah i don't want i just want to mention it because we had mentioned it and it's been kind of building and building but this was like well yeah now the, we got
0: a week before the yes. deadline so that's yeah,
1: the uh, biggest of it
0: essentially by the time we're recording next week there could be a completely different uh yeah. there could be a writing strike that's uh crazy because it's been let's see just a quick math here 16 years since the last one last one 16, yeah 15 years that's yeah quite. So, so
1: hopefully what we're telling you next week is that they didn't and like they worked uh, it
0: yeah. out
1: um, finger crossed on that one but yeah it's, it's something they'll kind of keep your eye on and uh if you're following it and i know a lot of industry friends i know are following it they can tell that things are you can tell like there's like a s- kind of like stagnant thing they're like all right we need to wait and see like what happens uh this right. before we make any further deals or go into production on like anything else uh, yeah you'll definitely if it lasts a significant amount of time you'll definitely if you watch a lot of tv or like even the streaming stuff, uh, we'll see. I mean, more so for network TV, but you'll you would see it, it would pause like immediately, like it would almost really? go like it, you know, reruns the stuff until they figured out uh, how to get this done. Thankfully, I guess the only upside is a lot of TV shows are about to go on hiatus, it's around that time, uh, when they start, right? And they usually pick back up again, like uh, July, August to go back to work. Um, but yeah, yeah, it. Be very disappointing if it does happen. I hope it. I hope they work something out. Uh, I'd I hate to see another like slowdown similar to mm,
0: that. that the last thing i think any of us really want right uh, my mind goes instantly to house of the dragon season three i really hope <laughs> oh, you delay really in that not. because of this like that's that's instantly where my heart starts feeling for because uh-huh. i have like, season two is filming and i'm not anticipating that any delays from this to that season but season three is still being worked on oh no i'm hoping i'm ho- really hoping we avoid this. <laughs> that wouldn't be good for anybody and of course i want you know writers to be you know fairly inaccurately compensated for for their contribution to hollywood so you know fingers crossed that this is all avoided on the other hand though it would be cool from a historical perspective at least for me who has never really like i mean i've experienced i was alive for the oh seven oh eight one, but by no means was i in any way conscious not of what yet. was going on back then i did not have any idea so kind of interested to see how that would affect things to see it firsthand but by no means i want that to happen
1: well you were right to see it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: not at all no it would be interesting like the historian in me would be like oh this is like living through history yeah. here but no. Well, hopefully that. we'll
1: have hopefully we'll have good news to report on that yeah. next week Thank and not time. bad uh, yeah we can actually talk some good news box office news uh, <laughs> the super mario brothers movie is still killing it the box office is number one for the third week in a row 59, 59.9 million dollars this weekend. It's the highest third weekend ever for an animated movie, but also the best third weekend ever for a universal title. The last being 2015's Jurassic World, which grossed 54.4 million in its third weekend. Um, at, its running total in the US and Canada is now at 436 million dollars uh, at the box office. It's cleared, I think, 872 million worldwide. It's about to make a billion dollars worldwide
0: well it's, on its way
1: and guys we're still waiting for that two sequels of the spinoff off how, haven't announced how it.
0: has nothing been greenlit guys no sense to me
1: oh part, you know it's funny is that we complain about like oh they always rush these things and that we were like, like why you guys have you announced like the sequel to this thing yet
0: <laughs> like, yeah 100 percent. you're right it is absolutely a complaint and because most of the time like you said it is rushed before sometimes you know i'd say most of the time studios see green and they think oh my god more we need to put out more content who cares about the quality of it but this yeah. case, like where it's making so much so fast and it's probably, you know, you don't need to be Stephen King to write, you know, a Mario yeah. movie. I can't believe they haven't already begun production on a sequel or I something. Know. Like, just, it's crazy. Like, it just goes to show like you can never predict Hollywood. Like it's always going to throw a curveball at you.
1: Yeah, it's going to be number one again this weekend. I think this is the first time in a while that uh, I had to predict, unless you want to predict the box office, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. I wouldn't even know where to start <laughs> with that.
0: Now <laughs> pass. Wait,
1: what, a break uh, sure uh, from it uh, but i said uh other box offices evil dead rise uh said 25 i thought it something like pretty much match what uh remake did 10 years ago right close 24.5 million dollars Uh that dangerous. earlier uh, the My... B- cinema score i believe which is pretty yeah. good for horror um, and, uh, and a 40 i believe 40.1 uh, international start on a budget of 19 million dollars it actually I made 23 million, but they said they had a stronger Sunday than they realized. It's a million dollars on Sunday compared to the original 4.9 million that they estimated, uh, well,
0: which is off. pretty,
1: pretty good. To the, whole, the whole team and that was supposed to be an HBO Max movie or Max, oh no, whatever. HBO uh-huh. Max, movie. Oh, I'm yeah. not, not calling you Max. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that I think that's great. That's a great start that's, for
0: that. Yeah, looking good Impressive. for you, P, will love to see that it's well i mean inter- if you consider internationally it's doubled its budget now already one weekend yeah. that's pretty fantastic i know i'll be contributing uh, those next week box office dollars here tomorrow when i go to see it i cannot wait i had come in i remember i came in just above you my prediction was at 26 million just uh, yeah for the, oh yeah
1: bad. the price is right you the price just is right like,
0: yeah. The, yeah but all um, in all both uh pretty close uh, action, so you know congratulations yeah. you this week belongs to you
1: yeah thank god finally uh- the uh, question by hey, to do
0: it oh hey we've been close before
1: and guys i didn't i've been forgetting to do this but i did not forget to screenshot some of your predictions this week so at film jar said 23 million at film Fan 7 on instagram said 15 million uh scream king predicted 30 million opening weekend hey, 535 predicted 18 million uh boy kirk predicted 30 million uh hardwell one two three 35 million opening weekend uh, let's see we got some more uh, Moses 16, 26 million big birth in 1970, 15 million, uh, so 30 million dollars, David Park, my friend from middle school, 17 million dollars, and then Merc, at uh, 22 million stack weekend plus Mario. So hard to predict it making much more than that. So you're all kind of close for the most yeah, part, well, uh, in the, ball- in the ballpark of uh, I want to see if there was any other significant uh box office news that I had to like update anyone on other than that, I mean like we thought it would um because don't even see uh field are the pope's exorcist in the top five and they have to get field dropped 59.5 percent in its second weekend and made 3.2 million dollars oh, yeah. for a running total of 13.7 million dollars uh, Pope's exorcist dropped an even bigger 62.2 percent made 3.4 million dollars for a running total of 15 million dollars uh, Oh, it's afraid in its expansion to 965 uh, greens, of course, because it's only playing in like two locations, I believe, last week, before this week, is up 182.3% to $2.8 million uh, this weekend. Yep, I don't, it's made made $3.1 million overall. Um, Uh I've seen this, I mean, I don't know how much more it's expanding. I mean, I think it might be expanding a bit more, so it'd be interesting to see like where or how much more money it can make from you know his fans and then
0: people who are just casually curious to go see it right um, i'm wondering why do you think that it was such a limited theatrical release
1: well it's not it's usually kind of smart to platform movie like this like smaller movies like this especially ones yeah. that are, might be a little polarizing to like build interests uh, instead of going wide and like kind of losing all of it in one weekend uh thinking that's what a24 chose to do with this because you know it's, it's not an easy movie to promote by any means uh, but yeah i think that's kind of why they did that. Uh, i'm actually
0: i'm surprised at those figures that they're lower yeah. than i would have thought i knew it would, I, so at this point it doesn't really stand a chance of making back its budget so it. 30
1: 35 million dollar budget unless something crazy has to happen yeah <laughs> but we'll see how it plays in the coming weeks and i want to mention this one too i think there's enough for dungeon even though i didn't see it yet my brother actually really liked it dungeon dragons honor among thieves uh only made 82.2 million dollars here but worldwide is now at 178 million dollars i think that is enough to maybe warrant like trying to build a franchise out of it because uh, there it. was a lot there's a lot of people that were like oh that didn't make quite as what it should be here," but i think we talked about it when we opened that it'd be i think they would look at the global picture
0: or oh, yeah like, it's more overseas than it had domestically so i'd say that there's definitely uh appetite in the world
1: an interest there yeah, yeah. definitely so uh, yeah you know it's i think it's i think it's made it's enough to probably for them to kind of dip back into that world again right and and they can actually you know i think if it did a sequel did get announced i think certain people that are maybe on the fence about seeing this first one will probably be like all right they're going ahead with another one like maybe that first one maybe i should check it out i thought like the 90 percent rotten tomatoes would make mo- i mean i know i didn't check it out right. uh, scott i got busy with you know other stuff but like i thought that would make some fans or, or some moviegoers that were worried about it go right see it out of curiosity yeah, yeah. I think it did just enough to be warrant potential sequel.
0: Yeah, I'd HLC. say absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that getting lit in the near future. But good, good for that movie because honestly, like on paper, before it had come out, I would not have yeah. had that much faith in it. So Me I, either. I was wrong there. That was the March
1: release. I was like, yeah, that was like, <laughs> that's not going to do well. <laughs> that yeah, won't be good. Goes
0: show. It's been an unpredictable first, uh, quarter of the year. But uh, yeah, go we'll, for it. Get some crow on that one. Apparently,
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah i think that's a little so yeah we're gonna we're gonna skip predicting um this yeah week. take a week off about uh, predictions the one that will come after though will be guardians of the galaxy volume 3 because that will
0: be that May. should be fun
1: so that'll be a big one uh, is there a, is there enough interest in it to
0: make it have like a huge opening weekend is there marvel fatigue i guess we'll have to like kind of look you know what there as much it. as there is marvel fatigue i don't know necessarily that there's guardians fatigue yet because the first right. movies are quite popular so i think that'll be a factor, but we'll leave that for, you know, the future conversation. Yeah. All righty, man. Well, All right. Guys, Still thank you for uh thanks for sticking with us through episode 91 of Back to the Blockbuster. Uh, and on Absolute Ride Stay Tuned as we are counting down towards episode 100. We will have some more information for you guys to uh, to on our social medias as we will have some promotions coming up. So yeah, as always, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, those of you that enjoy our content, you guys know where to find us wherever you guys get your podcast. Your friends, your other movie uh, fan friends that like this sort of content, uh, um, on where they can find us. You can find us anywhere on social media at Back to the Blockbuster, and of course, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Gaius, I'll see you shortly where we uh record episode 92 and talk about X2. Looking forward to yep. that, my friend. I'll see you shortly. All right, sounds good, man. Peace, peace, guys.